This is Fred Dalfinball from the Howard Stone Show. On today's show, Rosie O'Donnell. I know. I went outside. I, I, I'm now scared of the out, out of doors. Yeah, me too. Uh, yesterday was about 60 degrees here in New York, and um, Beth and I vowed we would go out every day and, you know, get some fresh air because we made that vow like a couple of weeks ago when that was considered safe. And then yesterday, for the first time, we looked at each other and said, you know, I don't want to go outside because it's probably a lot of people out there. And we now are getting new information that somehow you can contract this thing walking around and even i don't know you know that's why i invited dr regis on the show today oh good he can explain it yeah i think we need a lesson in like really what's going on and he's so good at explaining it and calming people down or not calming people down and saying look here's the deal because i heard a report yesterday that the next two weeks are going to be the worst ever for coronavirus which i don't know why that woman, what's her name, Dr. Bricks? Yeah, or Dr. Burks? Bricks. Burks. Uh, she said, don't even go to, it's no time to go to the supermarket or the drugstore or mm. anything. Just yeah, stay I mean, in. But how can you sustain yourself if you don't at least make a trip to the supermarket? Uh, I guess they're... She's saying sacrifice one person. <laughs> if you're a family, choose one person to go uh, out. I choose Fred. <laughs> Uh, or or fa fa fo hi, hey Gary. Hey, I just want to tell you it's it's really strange that Doctor Bricks, that's her name. Yeah. Sal's been telling everybody that he thinks she's hot and asking us all if we think she's hot, and we we're <laughs> like, no, Sal, that's just your thing. Yeah. I don't know. Is she hot? Does he know what she's saying? He's just trying to determine if she's hot. Yeah. He says he's turned on by her. Yeah. He's also turned on by Tan Mom, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How about he's boy. turned on by anybody? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, anything gets him going, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the pleasant distraction yesterday for me when I wasn't thinking about coronavirus for five minutes was that Alec Baldwin's wife is pregnant again. This mm. would be his, I guess, his sixth child, but the fifth. In little, this you know, particular go-round, yeah. Yeah. Let's take Ireland Baldwin out of the mix because she's the older kid. I'm talking about that's like five little kids. I don't know what his game plan is. I got to get him back on the air. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, what? I mean, well, what do you do if your wife wants to keep having babies? You say, listen, I'm a certain age now. I don't know exactly what he is, but he's, you know, he's getting up there. He's on the back nine for sure. And you say that that's not I, I. I would say also, listen, there's enough children running around here. It's too much for me. But I, you know, but she's seems... got this obvious hunger to be pregnant. Yeah. And he obviously enjoys it. I mean, I, I mean, at some point you would say no. So I was just fascinated by it. I'm like, how? Like, I, I wouldn't want to get pregnant right now either because, A, it'd be strange because I'm a dude. But, B, <laughs> it would be very strange because even going to the doctor... You can't. I know. 
I was talking to some people who have young babies, and they're all concerned. They can't do their well baby uh, visits and stuff like that. You don't want to be in a waiting room. You're only coming into anything for emergencies. That's what I mean. I mean, who the hell wants to go through that? But I was fascinated by it. But like you, I, I mean, going outside yesterday was like, you know, I don't feel like risking it today. Do we really need to do that? Because <laughs> I'm all freaked out by coronavirus more than anything ever because it just seems to me this is like a thing that I'm not even clear if this is why I got to talk to Dr. Agus. I'm not even clear if it ever like leaves your system. It seems like people are having relapses and uh, then they're talking about forget your lungs now. It's also causing heart problems. and I'm Right. Just like, it gets into other organs. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Because some fucking asshole in China ate bats. <laughs> bats. You know what? I think if I was on an island and I was starving, I wouldn't eat a bat. Yes, you a would. Bat. <laughs> no, I'd eat my you foot before I eat a bat. Up. No, no. <laughs> you'd eat your foot. But these people aren't starving. They do have a, no, an economy. No, this is what they wanted to do. They want to eat a bat. It's like, oh, I want to eat bat. Oh, look, oh, at, look this. at that. What is that, bat? I want to eat I, that. I didn't know you did such a good... You've been at the nail salon too long. <laughs> wow, what an impression. <laughs> but there's no way... I'm asking a question, actually. There's no way a bat tastes good, right? I mean... I good. can't imagine it. Imagine I eat bat, and I'm like, holy fuck, look what I've been missing out. <laughs> <laughs> These wet markets are unbelievable. Well, you're not going to try it to find out. Oh, my God. It's worth getting the whole world sick. It's so fucking good. I, it's better than chicken. <laughs> it's time to end humanity. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> this is too good. <laughs> By the way, Gardein makes plant-based bat. You don't have to eat real bat. <laughs> By the way, uh, Gardein is our sponsor again today. They're just our one Lovely. sponsor for the whole show, which is sweet. And Gardein brings you the show today, and I'm a big fan of Gardein. You know that. I'm eating plant-based, and uh, quite frankly, it's coming very handy during coronavirus because now we did one big shopping, and we got just bags and bags and bags of Gardein. So we have, like, Gardein chicken, Gardein beef, Gardein, you know, whatever we want. Right. And we froze it. So uh, it's very cool. I even have a refrigerator, or actually a freezer, that has Gardein in it. Yeah. Show off. I think I'll make a meat sauce today with Gardein. Look at you. A oh, meatless you. meat sauce. Yeah, I was watching. You, you know, he reminded me of Oprah because she was on uh, <laughs> making pasta with sauce uh, on her Instagram. And I'm watching oh, her you cook. watching her? <laughs> yeah, and I still don't buy it. I know there's a chef in that house. I just know it. You know, we never even got a mm. chance to talk about the fact that she had put Stedman sort of in like a little doghouse. Yeah, why not? Because he was still traveling during the coronavirus. Right. And she felt he wasn't taking it seriously. So yeah, good she, for her. She quarantined him. You know what? She's fucking right. <laughs> She's right. Oprah doesn't want to get, you know, Oprah's having a perfect life. She doesn't need this fucking guy who obviously she's not that into her. She would have married him. And, you know, she's like, you know, you dude, you, you know, there are people like that. They're still walking around like this thing isn't happening. And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. It's like the flu. No, it's not like the flu. I never was scared <laughs> well, of the flu. I think she felt, you know, like his traveling is going off to do these speeches and stuff uh, because he has to do something. Yeah. And who's he talking to? And and my and Oprah's point probably was you don't need to do that. You know, you know, you don't risk my life. 
fish to go out and have, you know, give somebody a stupid speech. I know. You should probably, you know, the only reason they want to see you is because you're my boyfriend. Did you have a fight? No one cared what the hell you had to say. That's right. Nobody was asking you. Yeah. Let's be honest. You're Oprah's boyfriend. And your job is being Oprah's boyfriend, not going out and making speeches. And if you, what, now you're going to pretend you can make a living? Get the fuck out of the house. Go sleep in the in the barn or whatever I got over there. I mean, no one cares if Stedman gets sick. Oprah, different story. And Stedman doesn't realize And if he's, Stedman gets her sick, his life is not going to be worth living. No. The gravy train stops. Oprah's not leaving him a dime in the well. I happen to know that for a fact. Really? That's you don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm <laughs> just making it up as I go along. But wouldn't um, that be funny? He's sitting there and there's nothing in there for him. Well, Stedman should be like Captain Dennis is to you. I mean, you know, he should just well, be helping I'm Oprah out. I'm not sleeping with Captain Dennis. Well, neither is Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm making this up. Oh, yeah. Does uh, oh so so look you know with the coronavirus it's all anybody's talking about and I'm sure when I get on with Rosie I, I got a lot to talk to Rosie I haven't spoken to her in a while we used yeah. to talk on the phone privately every fucking couple of days but we've been out of touch uh, what happened that's what I'm going to ask her what's going on with our relationship <laughs> but uh, I got to tell you the thing that's been setting me off and again I'm not watching a lot of news and I I know I got to go back to watching the news because I'm a little bit out of it. When you were talking about Dr. Bricks, whether or not she's hot, or the guys were asking me, do you think, you know, Sal thinks Dr. Bricks is hot? Whatever her name is, Dr. Barracks. I was like, I don't even know what she looks like because I haven't been watching anything. I just can't uh. take it. I'm, I'm too scared. I'm a hypochondriac. Anything I hear, I think I have. Yesterday, I was convinced I had coronavirus during the show. How could you get it, though? I don't know. My, how do you get it? Now, all of a sudden, you go for a walk, you get it. I, no, I, no, I, no. Knows? But they're saying if somebody speaks to you. I that don't it can know. fly over. It's still droplet. I thought I had it. My legs were achy, but I think I've been over pelotoning, so like I'm, I'm worn out. <laughs> I want to be young, you know. I want to be on the peloton. And I want to push and push and push, uh-huh. and then I do that, and then I'm like, I walk around woozy for two days, <laughs> and I wonder why I feel sick. I got to pace myself on that thing. Please, I mean, I why know. are you doing that? Why are you exerting, over exerting at this? Because I have to be hot for my wife. Well, suppose, um, let's just say this becomes like a zombie apocalypse and you have right. to leave. You're going to need those legs. I know. Don't make them too tired. I know. I'm like a prisoner <laughs> of war over here. Barely walk. Meanwhile, Peloton. I have this fantasy that I can get into great shape because if a prisoner can do it in that little cell, I ought to be able to do it too, just hanging around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peloton canceled all the live classes, so now I'm watching, um, I guess an employee had coronavirus, I don't know what it is, oh. but I go on there and now they only have old workouts. Right. So, like, I've gone through almost every one of Peloton Jen's classes, so it's like I'm watching- You can't I'm, watch an old one? I do, but I've seen a lot of them already. <laughs> I mean, I'm now I'm doing repeats. What difference does it make that it's old? It's still a I saw it already. I, no, but I like to hear what's good. I'm a yenta. I like to hear new things. I like to hear what she's <laughs> got her thoughts. Now she's a friend of yours, and you well, want to hear what's up, what's going on now. I talk to her more than anyone else. But I got to tell you, the thing that set me off, and I'm sorry for you guys who still think you know Trump's doing a great job, but this fucking Jared Kushner running things, it's making me mental. It's making me mental. I, I, there should be a revolution in this country. This is too serious a thing 
to be wasting time. It's too serious a thing to be wasting time with this kid. I mean, and and God's honest truth, I've never seen a more sickly looking dude. He's frail, clammy, and He looked and pale. like he had coronavirus before coronavirus. He looks like a, 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 <laughs> one of those 13-year-old make-a-wish kids. He looks like he's on his know, last legs. Looks, looks like he can't even take in food. Yeah, I'm like, when are they going to cure him? Of what the fuck is his problem? How's he fucking Ivanka? That, that she is a primo. I remember, you know, in fact, we're talking to Tom Brady tomorrow. I'm going to say, you know, Trump wanted Tom Brady to marry Ivanka. Oh, like, is that right? Well, Tom Brady looks like a guy who could handle Ivanka in bed. Jared Kushner, I, he doesn't look like he can. Honest to God, I mean, he's how is he handling that woman? Wait a minute. Does a dad look at a guy who... Well, Trump's, Trump's a whole different animal. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trump does. I don't know about any other dad, but Trump would probably say, I don't, you know, Ivanka's a, a numero uno. I think she'd be fucking a top-level athlete. Jitties. Right. But, uh, hey, by the way, you know, I was thinking, too, can anyone who is working from home go to their boss in these days of coronavirus and ask for a week off? I mean, (laughs) you know what I mean? Doesn't it seem like everyone who's working from home is, I mean, I know I'm working harder than I ever worked from home. I'm busy all day with work because we're busy with the equipment and you, you name it, we're busy. But can you ask your boss for a week off? No, you've had plenty of time off. Yeah, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's what the answer's going to be. You should have done it while you were at home for weeks at a time. The other thing I noticed, too, musical artists don't know whether to release new music or not. They're kind of in a quandary because some are releasing it thinking, hey, everybody's stuck at home. What a great time to release new music. And others are thinking, what a shitty time to release new music because usually we go out on tour to support our songs. And uh, now there's no touring business. So I get Fish put out a surprise new album last week, but you know who cares? It was a surprise to me for sure. Yep, Dua Lipa <laughs> released her album a week earlier than planned. Lady Gaga and Sam Smith are delaying their new albums because of the coronavirus. But you know, in a way, you got to look at it like like during Vietnam, the Beatles and the Stones didn't go. You know, this Vietnam thing, we're going to hold off releasing any new music. You just release it. You got to go uh, with the that's time. Not a an equivalent well, analysis of the situation because quickest we thing I could come up with home. Well, quickest <laughs> thing I could come up with out the top of my head. <laughs> you try it. Oh God. A lot of people seem to like my song yesterday. I was shocked Beth really she got she loved every line. She banged me yesterday afternoon because of it. I thought that there were a couple of lines that she might not like. She loved it all. Well, she knows I got to be funny. I can't just, you know. Well, there's funny and then there's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, she liked it. I even said to her, that Robin is so mean. I said, you know. I'm trying to make you a better songwriter. Well, she said to me. No, she said to me. Beth said to me yesterday, am I crazy or is it because I'm in love with you? But I think that's a really good song. I said, it is a good song. I came up with a winner. (laughs) I did. My daughter my daughter wrote me a text and said, <clears throat> Dad, that's a great song. I'm very impressed. I said the tune was good. <clears throat> well. We, ni- we need to work on your lyrics. Well, <laughs> it's got to be funny. You know, and, and Robin, I said, to, I said to Beth before she had sex with me, I said, you know, Robin was almost sabotaged the whole song. I asked her if I should play it for you. And she was like, you should not play it for her. I never said that. I said, yes, you, you pick did. some of the lines. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, my God. You know who's on our phone? Who? Howard Stern from the future who caught coronavirus. Oh, wow. Let's this talk is an exclusive. to him. I want to see. Let me see how this goes. How's he doing? I'm sure it'll go horribly. <laughs> is this Howard Stern from the oh, future? Howard Stern, exclusive. <clears throat> I feel real strange. They got a fever. <clears throat> uh, so let me understand. You're me in the future and I catch coronavirus? Uh, so I'm sitting here like dying. This doesn't sound good. Can you? Can, are you able to speak? I'm really out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really serious call. <laughs> do you think this is going to be do, rough? Do you think I'm going to live? This is going to be rough. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Oh boy. You know, oh. Howard Stern in the future who catches coronavirus, I hate vomiting. It's my one phobia. I can't believe I'm going to be vomiting. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Stuff's coming out, too. I think it's it's bat. Sounds oh, my like you're doing more than vomiting. <laughs> Is that diarrhea? Oh, I just heard oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Howard Stern in the future. Howard Stern in the future. Have yeah. I, with this coronavirus, did I stop having the ability to talk in long sentences? Because it sounds like I'm only able to answer briefly. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. <laughs> uh, my future sucks. <laughs> Do you survive? I mean, does uh, he know? If I you survive in, it? I think this Howard Stern is in the middle of it. He doesn't know if he's going to survive. He you feel like, he's going to survive. Like, do you feel like I'm going to survive? Yeah. You do. Oh. I don't think that he has the ability to say no. He just says, yeah. <laughs> I'm sick. You might want to tune to another radio station. <clears throat> You're going to no, work but, through this. Oh. But I feel fine yeah. right now. I'm worried this Beth stay with me because she hates cleaning up vomit. <laughs> My wife kept trying to kick me out of the bedroom. <clears throat> you mean I don't leave the bedroom? Yeah. Oh, all right. I've had oh, 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 oh. <laughs> hey, you said that already. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Thank you, Howard Stern from the future. That's Howard yeah. Stern who does it. Yeah. Okay. I heard that already. Thank you. Fascinating. To be able to talk to your future self, to hear your future. Did you Hopefully, learn anything? Do you yeah, know what to do? Yeah, I learned I'm only going to be able to say yeah. <laughs> I'm in quarantine three weeks now. It's tomorrow. Uh, uh, yeah, three weeks. Three weeks without seeing anyone but Beth. That's it. What do you make of that? Well, I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> Stop that. Just you had no, I'm telling Captain you the Dennis, truth. And you had that. No, he doesn't moment. come in. Robin finally wrote to me yesterday and finally said to me the words <laughs> I've been waiting to hear. No, I'm not going to show you. It wasn't I'm going to show you my tits. It was I'm not going to have the cleaning woman come in anymore. And would you send Beth over to my house? <laughs> Babe, no, I won't send Beth over to your house. You're on your own. 
And B, <laughs> I thank God. What are you going to do? You're going to have to clean. That's it. Do yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> I've done hard work before. I can do it. <laughs> we'll see. I hope it doesn't kill you. Like I said, the fans had a lot to say over the last uh, couple of days. People happy were on the air. People loved it. Going all the way back to Jimmy Fallon, people said Jimmy Fallon and Howard took my mind off this crazy pandemic entirely. I love the one-hit wonders and the great impressions. Thank you. Everyone was in love with that. Everyone loved Adam Levine performing in your eyes from his house. And I told you what Adam's going to do in the coming uh, weeks, months, years. Yeah, maybe it'll be a yearly uh, event. We'll find out today what Dr. Agus thinks, but I think this is going to be going on for a year at least. I do. No. I, I hate to say it. No. I hate to say it. It can't. I know. You'll kill yourself because you can't do your own housework for a year. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you tell me once when you were in the Air Force you actually had a maid? Because you were like a general Yeah, when we were in training, you know, everybody thinks you're supposed to be in there making your bed and having a quarter bounce off it. I had a maid in, <laughs> when I was in training. Is that I because leave you were... and my bed was made up when I came back. Is that because you were a lieutenant? Yeah. Wow. Fuck. What a deal. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was rough in the, uh, in the military. You no, apparently Navy uh, nurses had to do all that stuff. I don't know about the Army, but we heard nightmares about Navy. And then when we got there and they said, oh, yes, you just leave your bed because the maid will come in and clean up after oh, you. Fuck. Like, cool. If I had to go <laughs> in the military. better than being a civilian. Yeah, I would, I would join the Air Force <laughs> like you did. Wow. God. I'm worried about you. If you haven't done any housework, Robin's going to be covered in dust in a month. We're going to we're going to we're going to put <laughs> that have zoom to find on. Me. <laughs> yeah. Where's my Swiffer? <laughs> I mean, are you going to feel good about leaving the house until there's a vaccine? I'm not. Uh, again, I thought it was going to be cool just, you know, walking around the neighborhood every day. And like I said, I'm getting more and more afraid every time I step outdoors. That something could happen. Everyone is excited to hear Tom Brady on the show tomorrow. So am I. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him. I got to tell you, um, these uh, sports guys, you know, there's no more sports to cover. So there's all these sports radio guys, and they've been commenting on this. And um, the, the sports announcer, Michael K. JD sent me tape of him. He seems genuinely excited that Tom Brady's coming on the show and feels like, oh, oh really? Yeah, he feels it'll be refreshing and exciting because Tom. We Brady's, have now become their sport. They're yeah. reporting on this show. Well, yeah, but but a lot of other sports guys were kind of like, "What the fuck is Tom Brady going on there for?" And you know, he should be answering serious sports questions. And well, Howard serious has the, sports questions. There's no yeah, such well, thing. Well, because Tom <laughs> left, um, you know, the Patriots, and which I'm going to ask him about, of course. For sure. But, uh, you know. Uh, quite frankly, it's just kind of like a hello and get to know you kind of thing and have some fun with Tom Brady. But people are taking this very, very seriously. I can play you some clips if you want to hear. I would love to hear people being crazy about sports and what Tom Brady might have to say. Uh, Michael Kay was interviewing ESPN host Trey Wingo. And so now they just the have to talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, there's no more sports. <laughs> they were both shocked and excited that it was going to happen. Like I said, it, it seemed very reasonable. Here's about a minute of the show. Here you go. Are you surprised that Tom Brady's first extensive interview that he's going to do is with Howard Stern next week? Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the only way I could describe that. Absolutely. Yes, I am. I mean, because Tom Brady is pretty buttoned up and, you know, really protects his image. And Howard is a very adept interviewer. He, he might get him to go places that Tom Brady's not comfortable going. I'm just surprised. It's not like he needs the publicity. Listen, this is, this is Tom 2.0, right? I mean, for, I mean, this whole thing is about him. If, if you're going to break up with the long-term relationship, I guess you want to go the complete opposite. And what's more opposite than Howard Stern and Bill Belichick, right? I mean, those, those things could not be two more divergent paths for someone to be going down. So maybe that's part of this thing with him. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what he says. Again, content. We'll be talking about it. I don't know why people think I'm so different than Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't both... know how Bill Belichick is. Well, we're both very disciplined and seem miserable most of the time, right? You know me. I'm mm -hmm. about as miserable as you get. Yeah. Um, I don't uh, know that he cracks jokes. <laughs> J.D., where do I hear Dan LeBetard? LeBetard. Dan he's LeBetard. On, like, he's on ESPN News, uh, but like, I, he's on ESPN radio stations, too. And his co-host is Stugatz? <laughs> yes. I love that name. His co-host Stugatz thinks Brady is going to let loose for the first time in his career, so they seem pretty happy about it. Listen to this. Okay. The second yeah, I thought Libertard was believe... a fan. You know Libertard? I've I just heard him mention the show before. This is how little I know about sports. I don't know Libertard. And I'm sure that <laughs> I must sound like an ignorant asshole, but I, I don't even know that. Anyway, um, Dan Libertard, here he is with Stugatz. The second thing that I didn't believe was true, Stugatz, right? I sort of was like, wait a minute, before I talk about this, I need to verify it, is that Tom Brady is sitting down with Howard Stern. Does that not strike you as odd? I understand Tom Brady going outside of the sports sphere for his first interview, but that's a weird place for him to do it because Howard Stern isn't going to respect some of the things that journalists who are soft about things are going to respect. It strikes me of freedom. It strikes me of a man who's got 20 years of pent-up frustration and wants to let it out and has decided that he's going to go on the biggest radio show in the history of radio with the best interviewer in the history of anything, I think. And if I'm Bill Belichick, I am a nervous wreck right now. I am, yeah, seriously. Because, because that's, when I read it, I'm like, this is either an April Fool's joke or this is Tom Brady who's going to set fire to the earth in one press conference that he, that is, you know, that he doesn't have control of as opposed to all these other antiseptic environments. He's not going to go on there and just be boring as Tom Brady, is he? Oh, no, he's going on there to, to be the Tom Brady that you were not allowed to see for two decades. That's what he's going on there to do. Yeah. All right. Does Tom Brady this, have an agenda? I find this so funny because I never understood sports radio in my life, and I'll tell you why I never understood it. Like, let's say there's a big game on Sunday. In sports radio, you spend all week trying to predict to talk about what's going to happen at the game. I've only right. been patient enough to find out what's going to happen in the game when I see the game. Like, it always struck me as bizarre that people tune in and debate. They want to second guess it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're going to find out who's better on Sunday. What, like, like I just sit there and go, you know, I don't think Brady's going to be up to snuff. I think they're going to run the this and the that and the, this kind of play. But blah, he's blah, never blah. seen a defense like this. He right, won't right, be I, able to. Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, yeah. it's like watching commercials for the game. <laughs> it's like people hyping you up for the game. And I never understood. I said, what a waste of fucking time it is. I mean, these guys are very knowledgeable and everything, but I never now understood Now they're doing it. it with this interview. 
Yeah, so so now it kind of it's kind of interesting to be part. Like I don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, Ali is going to come out punching, but uh, I don't know. Frazier's got a powerful punch. I'm like, well, we're going to find out at the fight. <laughs> it's not like it's something I'm not going to learn. We're going to see the Tom Brady we haven't seen in two decades. And and they make Brady sound like. A priest going to a brothel for the first time. <laughs> you know, Tom Brady, he, he has never, ever done anything where he has spoken out. And today he's going to go meet Satan himself. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Bill Belichick, I'd be shaking in my boots. Bill Belichick, we just got word, shit his pants entirely. His <laughs> wife is cleaning them as we speak. You can't believe it. Yeah, I don't think Tom's going to come on here and go insane and go, you know, like, Belichick raped me. You know, yeah. I don't think it's shut up, be. Howard. I have to speak. <laughs> you you just shut up. I have a I have a big announcement to make. I don't know that. Uh, I just think it's a you know who knows what'll happen. It'll just be great to talk to Tom Brady. He is yeah. the greatest of all time, in my opinion. He really is the goat, as they say. I I mean, every game I watch, which is like maybe five. Right, the five you watched. <laughs> I'm going to tell him the five I watched. You seem to be losing, and there's no way you can come back. And then you come back, which is like the plot of every great movie you ever saw. Think about like any movie: Dirty Harry, The Godfather. There's tremendous adversity. It looks like these guys are down and out. They're in a corner. And suddenly, Michael Corleone at the end of the movie, sitting there in a room, and everyone's kissing his hand. <laughs> it's the plot of every great movie tom brady is that guy well he's had many of those moments but he's also had the moments where it looked like he was gonna win and then he didn't well one guy um football sports writer peter king was a guest on pro football talk and the host asked tom you know asked about my tom brady experience coming up and peter predicts that i'm just going to talk about tom's wife giselle uh, you want to know <laughs> It's so funny, the perception of me, because when I heard this clip, I said to myself, you know, of all the things I was thinking I'd want to talk to Tom about, I think Giselle was lowest on my list. And then I was listening to this and I went, oh, I guess I got to ask him about Giselle. But, you know, the, it's weird, the perception of me out there. Like, Oh, like, sure. Wouldn't that wouldn't I be the worst interviewer if I met a guy and I go, yeah, your wife's really hot, which we all know Giselle is. And the guy goes, hey, thanks. It's kind of creepy, but thanks. And I go, <laughs> yeah, she's really hot. What about that? You know, and, and then the guy would look at me and go, what do you mean, what about that? I'm, you know, like, what's it like to fuck Giselle? <laughs> and the guy would probably punch me in the face and go, you know what? You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, so it hadn't really occurred to me to concentrate on Giselle. I, I have a whole like he's had no of, life, and all you can think about is Giselle. Which right? Is yeah, the guy's never ever done anything but fuck Giselle. Like I mean, he's not Stedman. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's the alpha dog. <laughs> Joe Namath told me Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, right here, and Joe Namath mm -hmm. knows. Um. So anyway, here's uh this uh, show where they predict that I'll again. Sports shows seem to be about predicting things. They're predicting. absolutely, And I like this, honestly, but he predicts that all I will talk to Tom Brady about is his wife, Giselle. Tom Brady on Howard Stern. Uh, 
What? What? What's what? I I don't know what to expect because Howard Stern is the master <laughs> of getting you comfortable and getting you to say things you would never say in any other setting. And Tom Brady has been programmed like a robot for twenty years to never say anything. Something's got to give in this interview, Peter. The reason why I'm surprised he's doing it is that you know that Howard Stern is going to make some comments about Giselle Bundchen. And probably a lot of comments about Giselle Bundchen that go beyond, man, your wife is very, seems like a nice person and is very nice looking. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Howard Stone has matured over time, and he explains in, in his latest book, which has a lot of great excerpts from past interviews, how he now goes about getting people comfortable. And he doesn't, he doesn't opt for the outlandish out of the gates. It'll eventually get outlandish, but it'll start a little more slowly than that. Yeah, this is why I love sports radio. Well, I feel he's like I'm... seen you play before, so he knows what yeah. you're gonna, your game plan is. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I said to the guys this morning as we were sitting and having our show meeting over Zoom, and I said, gee, I don't know what my game plan is yet with Tom Brady. I don't have a game plan. I just want to talk to the guy. I want to have a conversation. Like, I just, literally, I, I think I might not do any preparation for it because all I want to do is I would literally take you on a ride like if I met Tom Brady at a party. And I and I just met him, and I'd say, you know, hey Tom, I got a couple of questions. Can you, you know, and I would start talking to the dude. That's that's the approach. I mean, I don't know, but I love, you know, and I understand why sports radio guys get paid so much money because they get you psyched up for the fucking game. Yeah, I mean, they, they gotta make up things to get you excited. Yeah, we don't quite know how this is going to go tomorrow. We're, uh, some of us seem to think we're split right down the middle. We're going to see a very loose Tom Brady. I think he's going to come in there, and he's really going to want to shake things up. Oh, i got to disagree with you, Dan, because I think Brady's going to come in there and be the same old Tom Brady. You can't get that he's guy to loosen up. He's programmed like a robot. That's right, and we're going to see. Well, what do you think is going to happen, uh, Schmenrick? Uh, well, uh, thank you, or Stugatz, or whatever your name is. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know how many more of these you want to hear. Fox Sports I'm 1. I'm fascinated with the predictions. All right. Speak for yourself with Whitlock and Wiley. The hosts agree that Tom will show more personality when he talks to me. They feel that Tom will be unleashed. Listen to this. You know what? I, I think it says that we're about to see a different version of Tom Brady than we did in New England. Obviously, I, I just don't think this is something he would do if he were still a New England Patriot. Go on the Howard Stern show. We're about to see a lot more of Tom Brady's personality. Yeah, it, it tells me that Tom Brady's like every other uh, human being walking this planet. When you break up with somebody, time to hit them streets. And Tom Brady about to be out in them streets talking and sounding, <laughs> looking a lot different than he did as a Patriot doing it the Patriot way. I got to tell you. We're looking over this whole uh, game plan with Stern. You never know what you're going to get. Now, here's my prediction. In the first five minutes, I think he's going to come right out of the gate and ask to smell Tom's finger. <laughs> what do you guys think? I think you're right. And then I think because uh, they say Brady's a fan of the Stern Show, I think then Tom, in the next five minutes, is going to drink a beer out of Richard's asshole. What do you think? <laughs> I think you're right again. I think that's what's going to go down. I think there's going to be beers, beer drinking out of Richard's asshole. I think Sal's going to show him his penis. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's an incredible. <laughs> what do they think that Tom, Tom's been, like, uh, muzzled for 20 years? Yeah, like he's Hannibal Lecter in a fucking cage. 
I don't even know that. I didn't even know that Tom Brady's been muzzled like this. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this game. I mean, if I was a sports radio announcer, it would be a disaster. Like, they'd come to me and they go, what do you think about the big game? I'm going to say, well, here's what I think. I can predict now that on Sunday, a ball will be thrown, and I predict the ball will probably be caught. Not all the time. <laughs> I think it will be caught some of the time. I think there's going to be a game. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you guys think? <laughs> Back to you. <sighs> I got to tell you, I'm worried about Brady and his image. I think that he's gone completely insane going on the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> Here's my prediction. Tom is going to end up naked, upside down, and peeing into a cup. And then I think they'll take his temperature rectally. That's what I think. You know, I'm worried, too. I got to tell you, Stugatz. I think Tom's going to go completely berserk on the Stern Show and show up in blackface. Why do you think it's going to wreck his whole image? I think you're right. I think that blackface is the one thing that could really shake things up. In other words, Tom has always been perfect. By going I on the Stern he's Show. Come in and do the, say the N word. He's going to really let loose. That's right. Well, Robin, now you've gone too far. I don't believe Tom will do that, but blackface would be appropriate. What are the chances, guys, that Tom's going to put his finger up Benji's asshole tomorrow because he is a fan of the show? I'd say with 100% certainty he won't do that. I don't think Tom goes that way. I ain't saying he's gay. I think he's going to want to be outrageous. I'm telling you with some certainty, we predict that Tom will either put his finger up Benji's ass or peg Ronnie with a dildo. <laughs> Any chance he's going to end up in the robo-spanker? Not with the coronavirus. Uh-uh. I don't think so. All right. Well, let's see what happens tomorrow. No, let's not see what happens tomorrow. Let's just keep predicting. You think there's no, any chance off to the guys after them who will predict some more? <laughs> you think there's any chance the goat's gonna find high pitch Eric's penis? Not a chance, Stugatz. No fucking way, because high pitch Eric's penis is inverted. You don't think Tom would go in there with gloves? He is the greatest of all times. Nah, I think only a gay man would do that. All right, back to you, Stugatz. Stugatz, whatever the fucking name is. I don't know. We're going to see what happens tomorrow, but are there any other predictions? Let's go around the table and see what people predict. First, let's go to the token woman on the show. What do you have to say? Well, <laughs> I believe Tom. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> there are no token women. What are you talking about? Don't they always have to have a woman talk about sports? Yeah, something? but she knows yeah. something about sports. They have to oh. listen. But don't they always go down to her on the field for like three seconds and then right back up? Well, the uh, you're talking about one of those round tables on the radio. They they actually oh, moderate some of those shows. Well, my prediction is that Tom will lick Sal's balls for $5,000. All right. Thank you, uh, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds that Tom will sniff Wendy the slow adult's diaper? I don't think they bring Wendy the slow adult in with Tom Brady. I think that would be a classic blunder. Any chance Tom will make out with Beetlejuice? Or maybe, maybe, God forbid, compete in the heaviest load competition against Sal and Richard to see whose load weighs the most? <laughs> Any chance Tom would let a woman vomit on him for sexual pleasure on the Howard Stern Show? Yes, will it could Tom happen. Will Tom wear a diaper? <laughs> <laughs> and try to pee in it. Yeah, let's find out. <laughs> I don't know. I think Tom's going to make a revelation. Something like uh, cat, he caught AIDS from a monkey one time. <laughs> he started the coronavirus. He ate a bat. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's see. Were there any other predictions? The hosts of Skip and Shannon Undisputed, also on Fox Sports 1, were split. 
Shannon Sharp doesn't think Tom will open up. Skip Bayless thinks Tom is ready to have some fun and open up now that he's not with the Patriots. Here you go. Here you go. First of all, this is going to be uh, Howard Stern's least appealing interview ever. Skip, you know when you go on that show, you talk about maybe some of your sexual partners you've had, maybe you pass gas into a microphone. Does anybody expect Tom Brady to be off brand? Tom Brady has a brand to protect. He will protect that at all costs. He just gonna go on there. Yeah, I had great time. I had great teammates. I had great coaches. Yada yada yada. We don't expect Tom Brady to say anything interesting, do we? I don't. <clears throat> Shannon Sharp, do you realize Tom Brady what? just grew up and left home for the first time? Do you realize that he's out from under the tyrannical rule of Bill Belichick and his iron-fisted rule? Do you realize that he's always been a huge fan of Howard Stern's to the po point that he once took a tour of Howard Stern's studio? So he, he, this is huge for him. He's always only done interviews, as you know, with Jim Gray. And Jim's asked him a lot of tough questions, but not personal probing questions like Howard will. Thank and you. I think Tom Brady is about to let down his hair. He's been buttoned up for so long, it's all he knows to be golly gee whiz Tommy. <laughs> Tom Brady is about to have some fun. Why are sports guys so impatient? Like, like, and why, why are they, they so angry? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Here's what I think gonna happen. Tom gonna eat a live bat and cause more of this here coronavirus. That's right. I'm telling you, Tom Brady's gonna lose his mind in there. I think something crazy's gonna go on down there. I think Tom's gonna shit in his own hand and then mold it into a little, uh, <laughs> like an animal of some kind, like an animal, like about like a animal. Who's that, man? I think Tom's gonna suck his own dick in there. <laughs> I think he's gonna get on his back. He's gonna bend over and suck his own dick. He's gonna go crazy. <laughs> That's right. You're absolutely right. I think this is gonna be. This is. I don't no, know what's going to happen. always got to have an opposing view. They've got to argue. I think you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, you, you act like, what, what do you think, Tom, going to go in there and say the Holocaust never happened or something? He's very buttoned down. I don't know. I see it way different. I think Tom's going to play anal ring toss in there. I'm telling you, I've seen these guys on the air. They're animals. And he's going to want to fit in. He ain't going to want to fit in. He ain't going to want to fit in at all. I don't know. Let's go to stupid. I mean, Stugatz or whatever the fuck his name is. Stupid. <laughs> Isn't that what Stugatz means? Stupid. I think so. Hey, stupid. <laughs> hey, stupid. What do you think? I got to go with you, you my friend. I, I think Tom going to shove a dead bat up his ass. I tell you, I think he's gone berserk going on that Howard Stern show. That's right. I'm telling you, I've seen things on there. I think Tom's going to squirt in Gary Delabate's eye. You guys is crazy. <laughs> You're crazy, I tell you. I say, you're crazy. You acting like like Tom lost his mind. He's the same guy he always was. But I'm like, guys, stop He's going to talk. He's going to come in here and talk. I think you're wrong, Robin. I think Tom's <laughs> going to come in there. I think within the first five minutes, we're going to see him carve a giant swastika into his forehead like Charles Manson. <laughs> I think he's gone berserk. I'm telling you. It's amazing. They could make something out of anything. I love these guys. I, I honestly saying, do. 
they're they're saying that oh people come in here and do shove a bat up their ass and i'm like well did that happen to hillary clinton did she well, do all those things i don't know but i i tell you it's so funny to me and i realized the value of these guys they get they're like a giant commercial before the game you get all worked yes. up you're like yeah i don't know well just imagine there's a sport uh that has Networks, not one, not one show, but networks dedicated to getting you revved up for the game on Sunday. Uh, Stugatz, what do you think of uh, what's going to happen there on the Howard Stern Show? Give us your best predictions. Well, I see it as very dire. Tom Brady has built up a lifetime of developing a certain persona, and I think this is madness. I think uh, from what I'm hearing, Tom's going to go in there and probably paint his face with Giselle's period blood. Um, now, th- I know that sounds crazy. What did you just say? T- say that again, please. I missed it. I said I think Tom's going to go in there and take Giselle's period blood and paint his face with it. You're out of your fucking mind. You know that? <laughs> You've never heard that, Howard Stern. They get people to do things. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom's going to dress as a tranny and blow Ronnie. I'm telling you, it's that that crazy. Well, I think you're wrong. I think Tom Brady still has a brand, and I think he's gonna. It's it's crazy. He's got a brand, and I think he's gonna stick with it. For you, for you, for you to say he's gonna dress up as a tranny is insane. Mark my words. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, uh, this is a guy who's been buttoned down, and uh, now I see him ruining it by going on there and dragging his ass on the carpet like a dog. You're saying Tom <laughs> Brady's gonna admit he has worms in his ass? That's right. And he's gonna drag his carpet. Or gonna drag his ass across the carpet. That's right. <laughs> That's what I think. And then I think he's going to eat Alaria Baldwin's placenta. That's right. You're out of your mind, I tell you. And then that Sal will be around him and probe his pee hole with a coat hanger. I'm telling you, it's going to get crazy in there. Hey, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. What we'll see on Sunday. <laughs> anyway, well, it's uh, certain now. I'm excited to see what Tom will do. Tom will do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my prediction, Robin, is he's going to dress like a giant plane and reenact the events of 9-11. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Fly into a building. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now, we're very excited to talk to Tom Brady. And uh, and, I, and I do want to thank sports radio in general for uh, getting into this and predicting. I, I really felt like I was in a... Um, I, I really Thank felt like them. I was in they a game. They have nothing else to do, Howard. Well, I liked it. I have to be honest with you. I was very excited. They're so happy that Tom's doing anything. This is crazy what he's doing. He should be talking to a legitimate <laughs> sports guy. Well, why not? Why can't Tom let loose a little bit? Because he's going he's gonna to do something crazy, I hear it. I hear he's going to go on there in the first five minutes. He's going to endorse Nambla, the Man Boy Love Association. <laughs> Are you crazy? He'd blow up his whole career. And, and Giselle would leave him. No, he won't. <laughs> I know those guys, what they're going to be doing up there, huh? <laughs> well, we're all excited. The fans are excited. Growing up in Boston, I idolized Howard for coming uh, out of BU, Boston University, and Tom Brady for being the star QB for the Patriots. I'll be like a kid in a candy store when I hear these two chatting it up together on Wednesday. I'm extremely excited to hear the Tom Brady interview. Brady rules. I cannot wait. 
People excited about free Sirius XM until May. They think it's a perfect oh. time to bring some laughter, music, and great conversation to Americans for free. I don't know how that's going. I hope people are getting the word. Uh, Robin, I, uh, I, I, I tasked you with riding around on a horse like Paul Revere. And I've been trying to send the alarm. People were very excited when they heard the news. Good for Sirius XM. I'm a subscriber, and I applaud them for offering free streaming until May. More people should be turned on to the Stern Show and Sirius XM. Makes the quarantine much more bearable with humor, music, and conveying correct, intelligent information about COVID-19. There you go. And again, thank you for the free access to SiriusXM. I can't afford it right now as I am currently unemployed. That's what we were thinking. And Howard is my favorite. I need to get through this. And you guys are making it possible. Thank you. Everyone loved Tracy Morgan yesterday. Was he not the funniest? Oh, my goodness. I was crying. You know, on Twitter, I retweeted some of his stuff, and you know, and, and of course, you can see Tracy doing his thing, and it was so much fun. Listening to Tracy Morgan thank doctors, nurses, and first responders was great. He brought me to tears today, not only with his comedy, but with his heart. The virus is the great equalizer. Tracy made going into work this morning to do two 12-hour shifts a bit easier. I called Tracy yesterday after the show to thank him once again for uh, doing the show, and he's so gracious. He was like, Howard... Thank you for putting me on. I love doing it, and I love that you give me the room to do my thing. And uh, he was just uh, lovely. So we had a nice conversation, and I got to think about 1,200 more times, Robin. Tracy was awesome on the show today, just brilliant. I loved when he said, I've never seen so many white people at the unemployment office. Great line. (laughs) Now you know what it's like to be on welfare. He's a riot. Great job, Howard. And um, one, one listener was worried. I love About. Tracy Morgan. I love Tracy Morgan to death, but he isn't taking the coronavirus seriously. He's allowing all these people in his house. The guy has already had one brush with death. I'm sure he doesn't need another. I was concerned, too. I said to Robin afterwards, I mean, he had a barber in there. He had a makeup artist. He had a masseuse. <laughs> who, by the way, looked very attractive. <laughs> you kept saying that. All you could see were her eyes. <laughs> That's all I need. She was wearing a mask. How funny was Tracy? He said he went. He was driving around the street and he saw a beautiful woman in her eyes, and then she right. removed her mask. And he said, "What did he say about her mouth? She looked like she, she looked like the Tiger King's husband. <laughs> <laughs> she had meth mouth. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was beautiful." God bless that guy, Tracy. That's why I called him. I said, thank you. And from now on, I am going to call guests as opposed to writing them thank you notes because A, coronavirus, and B, John Mayer wrecked me with... Yeah, they can't my... take your note no, and I make upset. fun of you for it. Yeah. No more, no more thank you notes. See, John, what you did? A lot of people were angry with Ralph calling in yesterday. Why? I was livid. I heard Ralph giving the audience advice on how to stay home and make the most of their time when there's nothing to do. I suppose that makes sense, given that he's been doing that his entire life. What a loser. (laughs) Uh, Since Ralph has nothing to do during this quarantine, he should come over and help Beth clean the house. He could wear his Iron Man mask (laughs) as a protection from germs. The dude needs to do some real work. Our audience is funny. Howard, I had a question about your loser-leeching stylist, Ralph. What has he been doing to earn his check from you since he can't come over on Mondays to dress you anymore? Are you doing a fashion show for him over Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, actually, I probably should. Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to, oh, I don't know. Let's say hi to a couple of people. Let's say hi to Dave. Dave from Rhode Island. How are you doing in Rhode Island, Dave? 
Howard, I'm doing great. Thank you for having the show. Uh, it's so great to hear you. Fantastic. I, I, when I heard your song yesterday, it reminded me of the wedding singer. At the end of the movie, acoustic guitar, the sincerity, the uh, lyrics are hilarious. I thought it was a total home run. And, Thank you. And I can't In fact, wait for Tom Brady. Yes, me too. I, I tell you, I um, I was upset with myself after the song because my guitar playing, I, I did it much better when I rehearsed it on my own. And uh, you know, so did you I rehearse got, again I yesterday? I, I well, yes, I rehearsed. Uh, I rehearsed all weekend, you know, and and I and I had it down pretty well. And then my guitar playing wasn't what I wanted it to be when I was doing it. But my so, point is, did you rehearse it again so you can eventually do the performance that you did when you were alone? Well, let me ask you something. How many times do you want to hear this performance? I mean, you've heard the song. <laughs> or, I mean, the only thing that I can tell you is I could do a remix. Like maybe I could get the great producer Mark Ronson. Uh-huh. to fix it up in the studio and then i'd have a version with background singers strings the way and i hear maybe it he head. wants to change it a bit well hey you know change the arrangement a little How bit dare he touch my <laughs> arrangement that is my arrangement how how would i think the i think the uh the guitar play led authenticity to the whole thing and i mean nobody plays it perfect and you're not a guitarist that's not your thing all right. And, well, and I yeah, think that led to the sincerity. I could do it better, though. I, but, but all right, maybe when I go out on tour, I'll do it better. Thank you, though, for but, your kind one words. One last thing. I, yes. One last thing. I'm a, I'm a Teamster member. You rule. I, I used to work in New York, Local 817, the theatrical Teamsters. Every vehicle has you on constantly, even guys in Local 251 out of Rhode Island. Teamsters are huge fans. Imagine in there. Rhode Island they listen. Yes, oh, imagine. Well, you know, a lot of people thought in Rhode Island the Teamsters <laughs> did not listen to me, but uh, they do. They do. They do. A lot of people. Dave just confirmed it. There it is. Uh, thank you, Dave. Exactly. Write that All down. Right. Make it thank you, Dave. Dave, you made my day with the Teamsters and the union. and the, Even it, it, people used to say, I understand the Teamsters do listen to the show, but to hear that even 251 listens <laughs> is very, very shocking. That is the sound of happiness that I'm playing right now. <laughs> anyway, I might send my song over to Mark Ronson. Let him, you know, Phil Spector fixed up Let It Be for the Beatles. You know that. That's so, right, yeah. You know, there's no shame in me getting a little help. The reason uh, producers to, are there. Before I get to Rosie, I'll get to Bobo. I'm very excited Ro- Rosie's coming on. I, I love that woman, and I love her opinions, and I love when because she doesn't hold back. That's it. She tells you the truth. Go ahead, Bobo, in Florida. Hey, now, Howard, I just want to thank you so much, you know, for everything you guys are doing to try to make us feel better. It's a nightmare out here. Uh, I'm trying my best to save, self-isolate as much as I can. And Is there any truth that you're using your it. toupee as a mask that you feel your old toupee yeah, collection. Yeah, that around my neighborhood, yeah. People go, what's wrong with that guy? There's hair growing out of his mouth. Yeah. It looks like the nasal yeah. hairs just grew down over his chin. A Bobo, so, thank is you. Is that true? Howard, I want to ask you something. Is it true that the air you're saying now, so if I walk around, speed walk in my neighborhood... We're going to have Dr. Agus... No one else... We're going to have Dr. Agus on the phone at in the 9 o'clock hour at some point. And I will ask him that, Bobo. What is the deal with walking around outside? Really? 
and he will answer. He's really, you know, this is a brilliant guy. He's been answering questions about this all over the place. I will get that, all right? Wait a minute. I got a picture yeah, in I my head. Song, man. I got a picture heart. in my head. That's Be quiet, cool. Bobo. I got a picture in my head of Bobo speed walking through his neighborhood. <laughs> That's well, what he just said. Well, let me tell you. Know you know that speed walking walk where you switch? <laughs> where, you, where you swish your hips? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bobo going incredible speeds with his speed walking. <laughs> All right, Bobo, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break, Robin. When I come back, I'm going to, of course, talk to the great Rosie O'Donnell. Let me take a little break, get a little water, pish, and then I'll be right back right after. All that. right. with dinner and i pissed right before i went to bed at 10 o'clock and i slept through the whole night i didn't have to get up to pee once that's right you need to know that anyway what Rosie, did you do did, I, you I, didn't i didn't drink water with dinner i cut off water uh. and then i um i was thirsty but i went to bed i peed and then i and i slept for like seven hours straight huh. i didn't have to get up well remarkable good for huh? you Later in the show, I can tell you about making duty. (laughs) (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell, uh, I love her. And um, I haven't spoken to Rosie off the air. There you are. Look at you from your mansion. From your mansion. Look at her. Hi, Robin. Hi there. You don't see me, but I see you. How are you holding up? I can see you now. How are you holding up, Rosie? First of all, I have to say to you, I, you know, you and I used to talk off the air quite a bit. I always checked in on you. That's and I true. Ha- and, I, and I've been thinking about you, but I started to believe that I was bugging you. I was bothering you. Oh, Howard, never. Are you kidding me? Really? Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were going through something. No. Well, you know, I'm always going through something. But uh, no, not, you know, of course not, Howard. I We uh, haven't seen each other in about two years. I know. It's been a long time. We used to get together well, regularly. When you first got together with your now, is she, is she, she's, she's not your fiance anymore, right? You, you, uh, the woman well, I last met. Yes, Liz, the cop. Liz, the cop. Yeah, she's, we're still, uh, you know, we're still figuring out what we're doing, but we're doing stuff. Not getting married. Not getting married, no. I decided twice was enough. Smart. It's enough. What do yeah. you need to be married for? I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. listen. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on with you and the coronavirus thing? The first thing I have to ask you, how are you doing? What is going on? Are you freaking out as bad as I am? Yes, I'm freaking out. I have not been out of the house. I won't go to the supermarket. I won't go anywhere. I won't let anyone in. I won't, you know. Now, truthfully, my son's girlfriend has come over and my daughter's boyfriend. Um, what? After, what? After. I know. After the 14 days of isolation, they um, met in the pool house. We have a little pool area and they go in the pool house and hang out there. But um, I'm paranoid. I'm totally afraid. And I am so afraid of the way that people die alone in a hospital with all these other very sick, dying people around. You know, when they tell you you have to go on a ventilator, the panic you must feel knowing that you might not come off and no one's there to hold your hand. So, yes, I would say that I'm 
I'm a 10 out of 10 in terms of worried about it. You see, that's what's getting me too, Rosie. It's, it, you know, the way I go, I, look, I don't know how I'm going to go out in terms of like when I end this whole party that's going on. But right. the, I don't, you know, we're hearing so much. I'm going to have a doctor on later, but it, it is such weird information. At first it was kind of like, hey, you know, it gets in your lungs, but you could probably survive it and blah, 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 blah. Now they're talking about heart problems and you have a pre-existing condition with your heart attack. I totally. Mean, yeah. They're saying that people with heart attacks, they come in and they're okay and then they drop dead the next day. People oh. who've already had heart attacks. Like, so, I mean, not to perpetuate fear and more anxiety, but I know that as far as the conditions that they say, diabetes and, and all that heart condition is the worst, they're saying. So I'm totally, yeah, yeah I don't want to see the empty stores with no food on the shelves. I don't want to see the people who are, elderly who are trying to get food when they don't have, you know, like it's too much for me. So here's what I don't understand. As smart as you are, if you, if your kids go into the pool house to meet with people and I get they, you know, they're probably, you know, feeling like they are isolated and they want to see their friends and stuff and boyfriends or whatever the heck is going on there. I'm saying once they go in the pool house and then they come back into your house, you can get this thing. You've got to cut, you've got to cut that nonsense out. That's got to stop. Yeah, it's just in my house. It's just me and Beth. That's it. Yeah, that's it. With their kids, it's it's a whole different gig. I'm telling you. But why do the know, kids need to see these people? I don't understand. Well, they're emotionally terrified as well, and they've lost. Like Vivi is a junior. She lost her junior prom. She lost her ability to take the ACTs. She, you know, there's tremendous amount of loss for teenagers and they're emotional creatures fully alive. And, you know, this was the um, compromise that I made after the 14 days when everybody. Yeah. Was, yeah. And my son, I, I made him quit the grocery store because I feel bad for young people, especially like this is their life. This is like, wow, these are the t- you hit it on the head. You know, you can say all oh, prom, trivial, this, that, but they're young and they want to go out and they want to hang. And they, this is it. It's their this life. It. It's their life. And they and they're the depression that's happening for teens, you know, that everything that they like. She just looks at me like, what? When's it going to stop? I'm like, I don't know, honey. I don't know when it's going to stop. You but know? Rosie, and- you do know when it's going to stop. Tell our audience now and don't sugarcoat it. When is this thing going to be over? You're a celebrity. You're famous. You you were on. Listen, you were on The View. Obviously, you know what's happening out there. Are you talking to doctors? What is the best prediction? I talked to one doctor who is really the renowned respiratory doctor in the country. Yeah. You know, Robin Roseanne, Mike Myers, ex-wife. Every night she does a Zoom room with a bunch of friends. And she had this doctor on. And he said that by July 4th we would be out of the woods. And I couldn't believe that at all. I thought, I'm thinking we have another, we have till Christmas, maybe. I think so, too. I do. And I hate to be the voice of doom, but I, I believe You guys I, should stop predicting. You're making right, everybody well, feel worse. <laughs> Rosie, really? you have a, Rosie, I, I you, have a, you have a seven-year-old. Yes. You have a 17-year-old. You have a 20-year-old at home. Right. Which age is the toughest to manage? I'm thinking in your in your shoes, the seven year old. Well, energy. you know, 
she's so happy to be around and me and never have to go to school and do crafts all day that she's not actually the hardest. It's the 17 year old who feels that her whole life and world has collapsed, you know? Right. And my, my 20 year old is a boy and he's very, um, he was in the grocery store working until I, every night I would beg him every night. And then when they said, you have to wear the masks, I'm like, dude, you got to quit because they won't let you wear a mask in that store. Uh-huh. And so he quit that. And I was so relieved because he was getting, you know, and he was with around so many people. But like my son, the Marine, he was saying, I want to serve and I want to help and I'm helping. And how do you say, no, don't help. Come home and be terrified with mommy. You know, right. Yeah, <laughs> you're no, you're right. To, well, now, what, about, what about your son who is a Marine? He's in the military. Yes. And you got to be worried not- sick over him. Well, he's not feeling well. I can tell you that he had a fever and he had a cough. And then I said to him, well, how many people have it? He said a lot. And then today, you know, he's in the infantry division. They had their thing where they go into the woods for a week. So Monday he went into the woods with this cough and a fever and chills. And he doesn't get out. Right, Robin. He doesn't get out Ah. until Friday. And after that thing with the Navy ship, boy, you realize just how little they value the men and women of the armed forces you know it really is so disturbing it is disturbing the whole thing is just so upsetting and you know i just think i just how could we have predicted any of this thing but you know here we are getting political about it and i know how you feel about politics but this administration does not seem to really understand the gravity of it and they're late to the party and they also He's it's he's bad. incompetent. It's bad. And they knew about it in December, COVID-2019, because it was in December of 2019. And he didn't do anything for 70 days. He said it was a hoax. All these things that just made it so much worse exponentially. And, you know, we have to get a president who doesn't lie to the American people. That's the bottom line. Anyone in there who's not a compulsive liar. Are you watching Cuomo every day? Is he not spectacular? Every single day. He is leading the nation, if you ask me. I'm so comforted by his press briefings. I'm so impressed. I'm so uh, relieved that there's someone in charge with a brain. You know, that I I think he's fantastic. Uh, Rosie, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who said that we're all delusional because Cuomo is a New York phenom. He's doing fabulous, but the rest of the country doesn't know Cuomo. They're really not hip to what he's doing here in New York, that uh, we think that he's running the show. But he's you know, in New York, he is. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many people really are hip to what he's doing, but uh, he's he's been great, I think. And yeah, um, when I talk to people in L.A., they say they listen to him every day. Yeah, but the middle of the country, they're not running his press conferences. No. Right, right. Yeah. What about Dr. Fauci? Does he 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 seems like he's trying to uh, get the word out there and he's trying to contradict all the nonsense, but uh, he he also seems afraid. He seems afraid and I think he knows how serious it is and he knows he has to stay there by placating this monster in some way and so he's trying to do both, but you really can't. You know, for for Trump to say that this drug is is a cure-all or even a preventative measure to take against this virus is just lunacy and he has to have some connection to the pharmaceutical company he has to because why else is he doing this on based on what study based on what 
You know, it's it's terrifying. And 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 it seems like I, I don't know. I, it, it just seems like it's not under control. And in other words, there's not a concerted effort to get a group of people together who really know how to handle this thing and to organize businesses to create masks and tests. And I just wish there was more of a commanding presence in this whole thing. That's what uh, I'm finding distressing. Of course, because he put Pence in charge. What was that? And then he put Jared up there. Give me a goddamn break. You know, it's it's also ridiculous. And it really lets us know how important basic things are in this world, like medical health care. And like having a president that's competent and not mentally unbalanced, you know, are you afraid of Trump still in the sense I'm talking about personally now, because we all go back three years ago. Wasn't that long ago where he was attacking you on the on the stage on a national forum? And I I know that blew your mind. And who who wouldn't? I mean, because you're like, well, wait, the most powerful guy in the world hates me and is obsessed with me. Has that paranoia calmed down in the sense that, you know, and I shouldn't even call it paranoia because it's a very real thing. I mean, he had it in for you. He, he said it as much. He was very angry when I, you know, exposed who he really was in 2007. He went crazy, literally, for, for over a decade. And um, But you know what's happened, Howard? I wrote a letter to Michael Cohen. Now, Michael Cohen, I, if we remember, is now in jail. Correct. He was Trump's personal lawyer. Right. So I wrote him a letter on the night that Trump was impeached by the House. And I said, I can't help but find myself thinking about you there in jail. You who's from Long Island, who sounds like everybody I grew up with. You who's near my age. You are the guy who's paying for what this man did. And it seems horrifically unfair. And he wrote back to me and said, I can't believe you were writing me. I have such guilt about the way I participated. And you know, with Trump. And and so we became pen pals. And then I went to the prison to visit him. Now talk about unlikely, but wait a second, talk about unlikely friends. Everyone said when you and I became friends, it was unlikely. But you and Michael Cohn, because Michael Cohn probably was in into the orchestration of attacking you, right? I mean, probably he and Trump were the ones who did it. You know, there is no big Trump organization that people think from Mark Burnett and the Celebrity Apprentice. Trump's organization was nothing like that. You know, he didn't have a boardroom. He didn't have people that were. um, People are texting me now to say, oh, my God, you're on Howard. Like, (laughs) you didn't know Um, that, huh? Yeah, thank you for warning me. Um, Yeah, yeah, but we got to talk, he and I. We got to talk, and I got to ask him every question I had. Like I said, I think he's a drug addict. Is he snorting Adderall? He said, never in my whole time with him did I ever see him do any drugs, period. Well, one thing I know about Trump, he's completely afraid of drinking and uh, drugs because he had a brother who had a substance problem. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, no, I I don't believe. Which makes it more scary because there's nothing to blame this on. Well, maybe maybe so. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So so Michael Cohn, let me understand this. You became pen pals with Michael Cohn while he's in prison. Have you visited him in prison? He asked me to come visit him after a bunch of letters back and forth. And I was like, this was before the Corona thing. I said, "Okay, I'll take one afternoon and go up there. And I thought I'd be there for like an hour. I was there for six and a half hours Holy sitting next to him, talking to him. And wow. it was so crowded. It was nearly all Jewish men, older Jewish men. It's this uh, camp cupcake, they call it, I think, because it's um, 
it's an easier way to do your time. And, and the judge gave him that placement, but the men are 250 men in one room with beds right next to each other and 250 men in the other room with the beds right next to each other. Can you imagine how freaked they are about COVID? Oh man, forget it. I I, I mean, that's, that's going to spread like wildfire. One person gets it. That's it. They all have it. Yeah, it's terrifying. It really is. I, I think I've said terrifying five times already. But So um, what did you ask Michael Cohn when you sat down? First of all, did, did, did he ever apologize to you for, for uh, yeah. well, you know, threatening to sue you and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, not only threatening to sue me, but every bad name that they came up with, that Trump came up with. You know, Michael ran that show for 15 years. He really did. He was the fixer and the the thug, and he was the guy who implemented all of the attacks on everyone. It was him. So yeah, you know, it's I kind wanted- of funny. It's funny you say that because you know, I guess from The Apprentice, everyone assumes Trump had a big organization and and you know a big empire to run and this and that. But I did say when he became president, I remember turning to my wife and going, you know, the thing I worry about is with Donald, there's some sort of karma with him. When he started a football league, it failed. When he started Trump University, failed. He tried to sell meat to Americans. Meat. Americans eat more meat than anybody on the planet. That failed. I mean, it's like the casinos failed. The the. And I just said, I don't know how it's going to all go down, but somehow, maybe it's just fucking bad, whatever. Karma. Yeah. The country will be somehow end up in a depression and bankruptness. And and now I see what's going on, and I'm like, oh fuck. I really yeah. didn't think that would happen, but I guess it, it just has. So maybe it is the lack of organization. It's the lack of running something big. Yes, he's never really done it successfully. Everything that he's tried to do has failed, as you just said. And, you know, when when you can't get masks to the people on the front line, there is something really wrong with how you're running this thing. You know, they need swabs. They need everything. And he keeps saying... Well, they've been delivered and the nurses keep crying on TV saying, no, they have not. And holding up pictures of their dead friends from work. I mean, it's like a horror movie. Did Michael Cohen tell you anything mind blowing that that you hadn't heard already? Or and and did he look shook up in prison? I mean, the guy probably is not doing well in prison. I mean, that's a that's a tough gig for an old man. Yes, but most of the people there are older than him. Wow. He's the that's what I would say. Well, he, there was a few guys who had newborn babies that were the wife brought in the newborn babies. And I was like, this is oh, all wow. of them had yarmulkes on. It was um, I don't know what day it was, but they all had yarmulkes on and they were very friendly. Everyone came over and was talking. And this guy sitting next to us, who was a friend of Michael's there, he said to me, Rosie, do you remember last time I met you? And I'm like, no. And I'm thinking, who do I know that's in jail? And he said, um, at Liza Minnelli's 60th birthday party, I sat with you on the white couch. I was like, oh, my God. So here's this guy that used to run some AIDS charity, and, and then he got caught up in something, and now he's been in there for 20 years. He's supposed to get out in the next um, year or two. But wow. I can't going there. I've only been to prison twice, once to visit Martha Stewart and once to visit Michael Cohen. It shakes you up, right? It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It really is. And he seemed very distraught. He had just lost a family member the day before. His blood pressure went up through the roof. He came from the medic bay. and But physically, he looks good. He looks thin. He looks fit. 
his he looks rested, believe it or not. But, you know, he's so remorseful and so um, so upset with himself for not listening to what his wife and children were saying to him for years. You know, I didn't realize that he had a huge successful business before he went to Trump. He had made all his money and was in semi-retirement. And then Trump asked him to do it. And I'm like, why did you do it? He goes, I don't know. I felt like I was going to get to be like the big guy in the midst of things, you know? And I said, and then you ended up having to do horrible things for him. And he's like, yes. And I regret every single one, you know? Yeah. yeah, You know, he ended up in jail and then it like kind of just all went away. You know, all the, all the stuff he was talking about. Is he ever going to write a book or? Yes, he's writing a book book right now. In fact, um, do you think there'll be something new in it? Or, I mean, based on your conversations with him, or yeah. is it going to be really? Yeah, the, he told me a lot of stuff about how the family functioned and, you know, the kids, what kids like is like who they are like in real life and what they're like. And, you know, how he plays favorites and how he encourages people to be mean to each other. He gets in there and needles everybody and won't stop. And imagine growing up with him as the father figure. Those kids are really like Munchausen by proxy. You know, they're like Stockholm syndrome people. They have never had anything normal in their world. And this is who they have. And now he's the leader of the free world. I don't know how they're going to live or survive it. See what I like about you. And this is why I don't know why you're not on The View anymore. Was there an opportunity for you to come back on The View uh, at any point? Why do I feel like maybe there was? No, that, you know, they, I think we all agreed that the last time that it was, uh, better for everyone, you know, Whoopi really didn't like me. Yeah, what, what, explain it to me. Why? I mean, I would think you and Whoopi, I still don't get it. And I know you, you participated in that book, whatever the fuck it was about the view. Yeah. The stupid book. Right. Did you, do you hate the book? I didn't read the book, but uh, the guy took a private conversation that we had and sold it as his first you know, something about my father and abuse. And he took that and that's how he tried to sell his book. Had nothing to do with anything. We were sitting at dinner with my publicist and him and it was going to be a 15 minute meeting. And he takes this one thing. He's like, did you ever admit or say who was the one that abused you? And I said, well, not really uh, publicly, but my dad, you know, and um, that's what he ran with to sell his book. You so know, Rosalind's abuser was her father, right? So you mean originally he wasn't writing a book about the view. He was writing a book about you. No, no. He was writing a book about the view and I was the last one he interviewed. He had interviewed oh. everyone except for Whoopi. And so then he wanted me and Cindy Berger, my publicist, was friends with him. You know how that works. And he was a little gay guy and she thought because he was a gay guy, he would be kind and understanding. And he wasn't. He was, a you know, a vicious kind of backstabbing uh, troublemaker. And I yeah, don't him. don't you love that about being gay that people assume because you're gay yeah. and the writer is gay. Therefore, he's going to automatically like if all gays love each other. Right. That we're going to break out in cabaret and do a number right there. <laughs> you know, but um, so what happened on the show was I was assuming that I was coming in to be part of an ensemble. Right. Throw the ball back and forth. Everybody shoot. Everybody take a shot. Right. And, you know, from the day from day one, she was upset with like I threw the commercial because I didn't know that she saw the countdown. The guy was like going like this. Now, listen, she's been there forever. Maybe that's normal. And she 
I saw the and I and there was a pause and I said, well, we'll be right back after this. And, you know, that was the first day. And then there was trouble from then on. In other words, it was perceived that you were trying to make it the Rosie O'Donnell show. And Whoopi was like, oh, Rosie's not playing ball. I'm the person who says we'll be right back. And Rosie's trying to steal that from me. I don't know if she thought all that, but I know that she thought she liked it how it was. And, you know, I mean, we were friends in the celebrity vernacular for a long time. Sure. And I then see when that. I went to do the, yeah, when I went to do that show, I went to her house and talked to her and we were hanging out using our vape pens back before we thought it could kill you. And, <laughs> um, you know, we had a great sort of come to Jesus. I said, listen, I only want to do this if you want me to do this with you. I was thinking we were going to be like, you know, Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan, like boom, boom, you know, like that it was going to be the greatest thing of all time. But it got worse and worse and worse. And at the time, Nicole Wallace was quite enamored with Whoopi. And so then there were clicks, you know, so I'd come out of my dressing room and they'd all be going to lunch and they'd look at me and I'd go, bye. Like it was, it was like high school again, in a way. And you know it why it doesn't work? You know why, why it didn't that? work? I mean, to me, even when I saw that you went on and Whoopi was on, to me, as a, as a, using my producer's head, I would say those are two alphas. They're too similar. They have both outspoken political views. R Rosie, you hire Rosie, she's the leader. That's it. There still right. has to be a leader. You can't have you can't have Whoopi Goldberg and Rosie O'Donnell together on a show orchestrating. Someone's got to take leadership. It, yeah. it never could have worked. In my opinion, I didn't think it would work from day one. It either had to be you or Whoopi. And the sad well, thing is what, now, what now you hate fucking Whoopi, right? I mean, you said she's... No, I don't hate her, but I feel very awkward around her now. I feel like when you know someone doesn't like you, it's kind of weird to... You know, we bumped into each other, Howard. This is a story you would like. I would love this. <laughs> I went to see Megan Mullally and her husband's band at the, I think, Cafe Carlisle. And I was meeting Ali Sheedy there. And so she wasn't there yet. So I get out of my limo and I'm walking into the venue. And then I see, not limo, it's like an SUV. I see another SUV pull up. And I thought to myself, oh, I wonder who that is or and I go into the venue and I turn around and who's standing right next to me, Whoopi Goldberg. Well, I go, hi, you know, <laughs> she's like, oh, hey, how you do? She was so nice. Right. So mm -hmm. kind of effusive. Then the, the maitre d' came over and said, oh, Miss Goldberg, Miss O'Donnell, table for two. Come over this way. I'm like, no, 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 we're not sitting together. And Whoopi mm -hmm. said, would it be that bad? That's what she uh... said. And I was like. Nah, I'm just, I'm meeting some, I'm sure you are too. And good to see you, you know, but it was like that awkward, horrible. Yeah. Well, look, you said that she was as mean to you as anyone had ever been. It worse than Fox news. I mean, that's pretty. Oh, well, I never mean. watched Fox news. I think Fox news has got to be worse, but she was mean to me on live TV. When people say, well, what happened? I say, go back and watch them. It's not like a mystery. Watch the way it went down. And I don't need to say anything. I, I mean, did it hurt my feelings? Tremendously. You know, it really did sort of do a number on my whole, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it was trippy to me. But I knew I had to leave. 
So uh, I was like, I got to get out of here. I can't do this. I'm not fighting with Whoopi Goldberg. There are like, you know, four black mega celebrities in the country and I'm going to fight with her. I, I have no desire to fight with her. The you whole know? gig just felt shitty the way it was set up. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just shitty. And then the other thing I, I, I've never even gotten to talk to you about this was I thought it was charming that it got out there that you said this Elizabeth Hasselbeck. I had a bit of a crush on her. And I thought in a way it was like such a, a peace offering. It was like saying, you know what? It was heated. We got into political arguments and, you know, those are the worst. But you know what? She's fucking hot. Like, you know, it was well, kind of like a compliment. And then then she turned it around and was like, oh, I'm so grossed out. Oh, my God. You know, like she's going to turn into some lesbian or something because you, you well, listen, enjoy. Howard, she played on a, a Division One softball team, Boston College. She was the captain for two of their years. And they won both of the years that she was the captain. She's been around a lot of lesbians. <laughs> I'm not the first lesbian who thought she had nice biceps, right? But I wasn't looking at it to hit on her. When I started that job, my goal was to befriend her. And until that fight that we had on TV, we really didn't have that many fights, she and I, right, on, on camera about politics. It was interesting. I was kind of trying to shepherd her and, and help her. And um, so there was no sexual underpinnings to that. You know, there was not me trying to get Elizabeth Hasselbeck as a lover. And I think her reaction to it just, you know, what you uh, what you fear you're afraid of. I don't know. I, I mean, thought the reaction was somewhat homophobic. In other words, yes, a, a, a gay woman saying I my wife says, oh, I have such a girl crush on this person. In other words, th th there's an attractiveness to the person. But what kind of ruins it is the political when you have different political views, it is so difficult to connect with a person. You know, it really is. And I really but, did think when you said it, it was just, it was a sweet kind of thing. It wasn't yeah. like, hey, I wanted to fuck her brains out. It was like, exactly. hey, she, she's attractive. I, I was I was drawn to her. I And we liked each other. Howard, it wasn't just me. We liked each other. Well, not in a sexual manner, but we were friendly with each other. And I, when you make a point to sort of befriend someone, you know, we went to theater together. She came to my house and swam at my pool with her kid. Her husband came to my house once. We were friendly until that fight, which is why it made me go, how could you not stand up for me? What do you I know? Found, I did. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't stand her politics, but damn, I thought she was hot. And you know what? She that's listen, that's good on the view. You sitting there with her. She's looking hot. What the fuck? It's show business. All of this anger. She's a pretty girl. She looked pretty. She looked, you know, like I was very impressed by her being the captain of the softball team. I got to tell you that. I thought you know, she's hot when you play well, a lot of sports. When you're young, you get hot. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yes. My wife played basketball. Yeah, she's a beauty, your wife. That's right. You got to, you got to, I, I, the reason I'm not beautiful, I never played a sport in my life. I'm like a veal. <laughs> <laughs> but do you expect Beth to get upset now because Rosie said she's attractive? Beth is very upset now. She is no longer talking <laughs> to Rosie. <laughs> yeah, Beth is, She'll Beth be uncomfortable whenever she sees you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, First it was you the kid problem and now it's this. You know, I was thinking about you, too, with um, I, I don't know when it was because we haven't talked in so long, but there was this whole thing where possibly you were going to join the uh, the talk. And I get it. R rather than start up 
but, but rather than start up your own talk show again, which you were so successful at that you walked away from it at its height, yeah. you had, you know, you were making millions and millions of dollars and you said, that's it. I'm going to go concentrate on my family. I've had enough. I've had enough success with this thing. And I told you, I admire that. Right. But the idea, if you could walk into the view or the talk, it's a little bit easier. It's not all on you. I could see the attractiveness of that. And well, there they was- were, they were interviewing many people to take what ended up being the Marie Osmond spot. So they asked if I would come in and do it. And I went in and did it. And then I realized it wasn't a good fit. You know, that's not a show that really talks about things that are uh, emotionally weighty and, you know, in the pop culture zeitgeist, they sort of skim the surface. They, they even told me when I, that when I was on that day, we're not doing anything about politics. And I believe it was the day that they were doing something huge against Trump in the news. And I'm like, you can't even mention it. They're like, no. And I was like, whoa. So they have a whole different kind of show there than the view, which thrives on the, you know, different opinions and the controversy. The talk, I think, is just trying to skim the surface, and I don't think that would be a good fit for me. Yeah, I think you're right. You're, you're right, because they're dealing with whether, you know, Madonna stubbed her toe or, you know. It's exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Madonna, you in touch. Who are you in touch with? Because there is a network of people who rely on you for comfort, most of them <laughs> famous. Who are you in touch with, and how are they all doing? Are you in touch with Madonna? Yes, She's doing good. She's out in the Hamptons. Is that where you are? I am. Where are you? I'm in New Jersey in my New house. Jersey. Yeah, How did my that house. happen? Well, when Blakey had to get an IEP for high school, an individualized education plan, we moved to this uh, town, which has the best school for that. So oh. for his four years, we have this house uh, here in New Jersey. We've been trying to sell it. And thank God we didn't because we we're all holed up in here and it's big enough that everybody can have their own space, you know, without feeling on top of each other. But so, so you're not up in a, a upper Westchester or whatever, Rockland. I was you're in not... Nyack for, for 20 years and yeah. I sold it. Yeah. Oh, you sold it. So have you sold everything off and you just have the place in Jersey? I have the, a big apartment in uh, Manhattan on 49th street. And then I have uh, this house and right. that's it. I don't have Miami anymore either, which I'm looking to buy something back there. If, this ever comes back if the world ever comes back to what it was which i don't know if it's even gonna i'm so worried and robin about the depression after this you know not i mean when you see that many people filed for unemployment there's going to be soup lines there have to be barbershops have closed all of these stores have closed there's for sale signs on everything it's very very overwhelming to imagine what we're entering into so who are you for? Were you for Biden uh, or do you feel good about Biden running for office? You know, I'm going to vote blue no matter who. And that's who we got. I think he's too old, but I'm going to support him and put all my effort to get him elected because we cannot survive four more years of Trump. But um, was he my first choice? No, I always thought he was too old. Bernie Sanders is too old. Donald Trump is too old. I think they should have um, just agreed to be elder statesmen and guide the Democratic Party, not try to run it, you know, at 70 something where you're constantly losing your place when you're talking and stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I think Biden does well uh, on one on ones and he's a bright guy. 
And certainly he's a, um, you know, he would steer the ship. I think he'd get a lot of experts around him. So uh, yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I, I feel feel okay. Who, did, who were you supporting during this whole thing? When they Warren. Were, Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, I didn't like her so did. much. It's so funny. Many men I speak to say that. My son said that. They're like, Mom, yeah. she's always yang, 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 yang. <laughs> what, what does that mean? What is she? It, she has plans. She's telling her plans, you know. It wasn't the yang, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. She, for a dude, it can come off like um, your mom yelling at you. But, right. uh, and, and, you know, guys have hangups with that. I know I certainly do. But so, that's but, still part of the sexist stuff that goes yes, around but it with wasn't women. The, it wasn't the yang, yang, yang for me. It was the, the, I didn't think she was electable. And I thought because of some of her plans, I don't think people yeah. would buy into it. So I was nervous about that. But, yeah. you know, who the fuck knows? But when you talk about a depression coming on, that's a very real possibility. And that's what I'm scared about. Civil Me unrest, too. all that Me shit. And I have friends who, you know, we go in this room every night, like friends from LA, and we all talk and kind of comfort each other. And it's a really good thing. Um, the people that comfort you when you can comfort them back, you know. I who know is I comforting you, Rosie? I know who I'm are not. those people? You haven't. Okay, you have, well, yes. I talk to Madonna. She's doing good. I is see she comforting? Meg. Yes, she's comforting. You know, she's freaked out like everyone else is. Everyone's freaked out about it, right? I mean, she goes in the bathtub and tells you her feelings, and there you have it. <laughs> is that yeah. a faux pas, Rosie? Do you ever pick up the? Uh, do you ever get on Zoom with her and say, "Listen, Madonna, I'm no one to tell you. You've had a very successful life, but you sitting in a milk bath, <laughs> you know, talking about your philosophy about coronavirus, how it's on a great equalizer. It might come off as bourgeois." Do you ever say yeah. it to her? Can you be that honest with her? Well, I can be that honest with her. I said it to her about other things. Like I'd go to her house for New Year's Eve and she's having a big party and she has no shirt on. <laughs> you know, she has like two leather strips, right? That go down in there. It gets to the wind. And I walk over, I hug her and I say in her ear, you are the most famous woman in the world. Go put a fucking shirt on. So, you know, <laughs> I do have the ability to to sort of do that. Did she put her shirt on? No, she did not. She did the rest of the party, tits to the wind. So, you know, really. And what about, I was thinking about this. When Tom Hanks got the coronavirus and he, yes. you know, he was in Australia, I would imagine you reach out to him because you've done movies yeah, so with his wife and I. Are, his wife and I are friends, been very good friends for like 30 years or so. And um, I reached out to her. And so she, I would talk to her a lot and still talk to her. And she's doing really well. And. You know, she's doing that um, Naughty by Nature rap. Have you seen her do that? Uh, you know, I, I saw that, but I clicked on it, and I didn't get to see the actual thing. They were just talking about it. She's now rapping? Well, well I'm she was doing you, it that day, yeah. <laughs> during, yeah, during the, the COVID virus, she just had her phone right here, and all of a sudden she started going, you know, with a hip-hop. But, like, unbelievable rapping. And really? I, like, well, she yes, knew like, all the words. She was all amazing. All the words. Every cadence every everything she didn't like fumble over one thing now she told me that she had to learn it for a part so it stuck in her brain that it took her like months to learn it but i told her that that was the best thing on the internet that day and then naughty by nature saw it and now she's doing a cover version for charity 
Uh, does she does she seem to be fully cured or is it like I have this this impression of this COVID nineteen like you get it and it just never leaves like oh yeah you feel good for a couple of weeks and then it comes out and beats the shit out of you again yeah yeah I have a friend who has it in L A and she just went to the hospital the other day and they told her that there was not room that they couldn't keep her they normally would but she oh. has a fever she's been sick since like fourteen days she's been sick. And to hear her on the FaceTime kind of laboring to breathe and coughing every it's it's very, very scary. It's very scary. So is your impression that Tom Hanks and Rita are now cured or or they're yes. fine? They're fine. Yes, they're fine. And they have the antibodies now that can help doctors figure out if there can be some kind of vaccine or, you know, they have the antibodies in them. And once you have it, they say that you can't get it again, which I don't know. Do we really know that? Uh, no, we not. don't know that. Have That's you checked I... in with Oprah at all? Because wasn't there talk that you and Oprah were going to combine forces into one show or something? There was there was something about that that Eight came Years out. ago? Yeah. Yeah, years ago we did mention that for a little bit. But I went and tried to do a show for her network. It didn't uh, work out. Remember, uh, it was right. just... Right, yeah. And, um, but uh, she's not somebody that I would call... Like, she's not a, hey, how you doing, friend, right? right? But whenever anything big happens, she always reaches out, you know? Did the relationship sour because you didn't, uh, you know, work on her network anymore? Does it work that way in terms of, no, no she she's not vindictive like that. Like, oh, not you didn't a, come through. Not at all. And then there was a very good, it was a very good deal. So I was not complaining, you know? Right. It was yeah. very nice. And she was very generous and... uh so it was a good thing. But Meg Ryan is on the the, the Zoom chat with me. Um, really? Yeah, Helen Hunt. Oh, where the yeah. hell has she been? What is she up She's to? She's coming out in a new movie soon. Yeah, she is. That started on TV. I, it's on a channel I never heard of. Yeah. But, um, She's, good, yeah. Uh, She's a good actress. So wait a second. Let me hear about this Zoom thing. I, maybe I'll get in on this. <laughs> it would be me, you, Helen Hunt, Meg Meg Ryan. Ryan. I like Jason the list. Alexander. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander, I like. I know him. Yes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes who else was on there once? Matthew Perry was on there. Sean oh. Hayes and his partner, his husband, they're on there. So it's like a bunch of like 30 or so people, and we go on every night, and some people are, don't show up, and it's, you know, it's varied every night, but I'm pretty much in there every night because my kids go to sleep. And then I'm here and that's my scary time because I think, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I start intrusive thoughts are coming in all the time about how we're going to fix this. What are we going to do? What can I do? And so it's really nice to have that as the are last you, thing. Are you talking to a psychiatrist regularly during this? Because, yeah. you know, you you can, um, as, as I do, too, I, I relate to this. You can get awfully paranoid and, and really fucking down, right? To the point that like. Oh, yes. And I worry yeah. that it's, you know, it's almost like you don't even have the room to do it. You know, like Katrina happened, but it wasn't to the whole entire country or the whole entire world. And 9-11 to be in New York that day. I'm sure you were there too, Howard, you know, seared in your memory, but you never really felt like you were under attack personally. This right. is everywhere and there's nowhere that you can go and there's no way to get around it. So I talk to my shrink at least twice a week on the yeah, 
Because you said to me when Katrina happened, 9-11 happened, you went into such a depression that you almost felt like, oh, shit, I, I, I might want to just end this all. I mean, it was really bad. Well, we really didn't ever get to ending it all because of the kids. But um, the depression is a serious beast. You know, it's a big black dog that you have to um, kind of treat it gingerly and, and hope that it, that it goes away. You know, how bad is it? How bad is depression? Actually, I'm, I'm not talking about being blue. I'm talking about what is depression like, like? You can't eat. You can't get out of bed. You feel like there's no there's no way out. That this is just how you're going to feel all the time. Your perception is completely warped. Your hormones and your cortisol levels are going everywhere. And um, it's one of the worst things I've ever been through, you know. The first one I got after Columbine, that's when I went on meds. And then I was glad I was on meds for um, 9-11 and then for Katrina. But, um, you know, I kept a 9-11, I kept throwing millions of dollars. I kept going, you know, thinking it was going to make a make it de- better or make a dent. And you all have to figure out, we all have to figure out how to best make the dent now when there's so many in need. So did you have to be medicated once this coronavirus thing started? Did you really? Well, I'm, uh, I'm still medicated. I've been medicated since 1999, April 20th from Columbine. That's how long I've been on meds. And I will probably be on them the rest of my life. And I've understood that, you know, with my genetic history and my family's uh, history with depression and anxiety, that this is what it's going to be. And I haven't had it tweaked since coronavirus, but, you know, she checks in with me sometimes to say, you know, you want to call the psychopharmacologist, you know, you want to go talk to him for a couple of minutes and let him see if he has anything that could help, you know, your intrusive thoughts and stuff. Thank like God that. for that medication. My God, you know, uh, get back, yeah. get, do me a favor. Get back to this uh, Zoom thing. I'm fascinated. So let's say because I don't yeah. have any Zoom going on. I'm not in any Zoom room. I'm not on any cocktail party. This and that. You're <laughs> telling me. Let me let me just take me through this. Because okay. no celebrities are, are zooming with me. Do, you, do in other <laughs> words, does it start out that you and let's say Meg Ryan start zooming, and then you say to somebody else, "Hey, you know, every day at five o'clock, I don't know what time this happens. What time does this happen?" At um, my time at ten o'clock, so seven L.A. Oh, forget it. I'm not. I'm asleep. But I'm. You have to get into a regular sleep schedule. This is ridiculous. You're up at ten o'clock talking. But right. but right, what are you doing? You're up all night with the Zoom. The well, intrusive I'm up thoughts for like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. I get everyone else what they're doing, how they're feeling. It's not all focused on me. So yeah, then, talk to me know. about that. How does it happen? How does it all come about? In other words, I'm okay, never included Robin in Roseanne, this. Robin Roseanne, who is Mike Myers' ex-wife, who um, is the daughter of Linda Richmond, Coffee Talk, you know, right. from uh, SNL, right? She is a very good friend of mine. So she's the one who started this whole thing with the Zoom room. She was doing it before anyone was. She sent a group email to all of her friends and said, if you want to, here's the Zoom link. And I didn't even know how to do Zoom. I didn't. So I did it and I went in and everybody was there. People who were friends of mine, people that I didn't know so well and now have come to know. When you get in the room, when you get in the room. Yeah, yeah. I would assume it gets political very fast. If there's some no. asshole on, it doesn't. 
No, it's friends. It's a group of friends. It's a group but don't of you like start people. talking about Trump right away? And then what if there's somebody on there who goes, you know, and I think Trump's doing a great job. I mean, do you there's, throw him right There up? is no one on there who thinks that, number one. Right. I don't have many friends who think that. So uh, that never happens. It's not really politics. It's more like, how was your day? How are you do- holding up? Are you doing all right? You know, and then someone tells something that happened with, you know, their life. And then I'll, you know, complain about my kids, about, you know, worrying about my children, my son and the Marines and everything. It's, you know, all the things that make you, you can kind of share it there with everyone. And, and Rosie, the lifted. Is there a celebrity on there who has a shitty internet connection and uh, you get annoyed? In other words, every time they open their yap, they cut in and out. And I I know you're threatening to throw them out of the room. (laughs) Never happens. Never happens. But you know, Howard, I tried to do a Zoom room the other day for like fans. Like I put up a code on my Twitter and said, come on in. We'll talk for a minute. Well, we got hacked with porno. Somebody came in. It was a woman who was not really very judicious about what holes were used. And it was uh, it was just very I was like, what the hell? So now I'm afraid to do another one. Yeah, you I can do get one Z- where people invite me where where I don't have to be the host. Yeah, you can get Zoom bombed. Yeah, that's what people are like. There, are, there was a group of uh, Jews who got together in a Zoom room. And I heard that neo-Nazis broke in and started in with them. On the wow. Zoom. Yeah. This How do what's they going break on. in? What, why can't they fix that? I don't know. I said, hey, if people can break in, you better not be meeting with your shrink over Zoom. You don't want to be fucking talking about that kind of stuff and have somebody listening in, right? Right. You can FaceTime, though. I FaceTime. Yeah. It's just me and her. Isn't this technology amazing? I mean, thank God we have this. For- I think it's going to change all the television. You know, yep. there's going to be right now when you watch TV, Howard, do you think, oh, my God, look at those people sitting so close to each other in the restaurant in this scene it's like everything i see is like oh that was before yeah that was before you know yeah it's weird rosie you brought you brought back your talk show online on march 22nd i didn't understand this whole concept in other words you went and said uh, anyone who loved my old talk show i'm going to bring it back and somehow you ended up raising six hundred thousand dollars for the Actors Fund. How does that? How does that all happen? I don't understand what that is. Eric Bergen, who's a wonderful actor, he's been on Broadway. He's also was in Madam Secretary all those years. Um, he called me up, and I know him. His mom lives real close to me, where I used to live in Nyack. And he called me up and said, "Listen, you don't have to do anything but sit in front of your computer. I'll handle everything. I'm going to announce it as the revival of Rosie O'Donnell's show." one night only, and we'll get all these Broadway people to come on, and you just do it from your garage. And I said, Oh, you must have been in heaven. Yeah. I'm like, you kidding? No bra? This is the greatest gig of my life. (laughs) You didn't wear a bra for it? No. I haven't had a bra on since COVID, honey. Don't you feel for, if you're bringing back something as important as the Rosie O'Donnell show, you should at least put on a bra? No. No bra, no makeup. It was my COVID performance. (laughs) <laughs> but so we we asked people to give money and they they some gave money on the air and some donated privately I assume but we raised six hundred thousand and people were like what why don't you actors take care of yourselves well it's not just for actors it's for stagehands right. it's for ushers it's for everyone so we raised a lot of money and I see a lot of people are doing that now or raising funds any way they can and a lot of money people are giving money Pink gave a million dollars. 
Wow. Um, Isn't it upsetting that, when you try to ra- raise money for a good cause, you immediately get blasted for like, well, why don't you give to this instead of that? Like, it's exactly. weird. Yes, you can't do anything good. good for anybody. Right. Especially nowadays, there's so many people in need that it's hard to do it. You know, Rosie, you find- yeah. why is it so terrible to wear a bra? You've never explained this to me. When you say you didn't do didn't wear a bra, you, you sound like you're you're orgasming. Yeah, Why it's is, so uncomfortable. Imagine if you had to like wear a a ball harness where they I took do one, one ball. Oh, you do? All right. Yeah. Well, no, where they, they took one ball and what? And, and then they took the other one. They separated them. They lifted them. They tried to put them in a position where it's uncomfortable <laughs> for you to live. You know, but you I just would look, imagine me, my balls. But my balls hang in my underwear, right? Barely, because yeah. they're tight and small. But you, I would think... Braggart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if your titties were out and, and yeah. just flopping around, you know, kind of bouncing yeah. around, that it would be... The, the gravity would hurt your titties. No, no, no. They are free at last. Free at last. Thank God <laughs> Almighty they're free at last. Really? Wow. I mean, yes. I think that's terrific. Do you think yeah. the bra was invented? I know it was invented by like uh, you, uh, what's his name? Uh, Howard Hughes, because he wanted the women to look a certain way with their, you know, with their breasts part and, and sticking up. But I would also think the comfort of the bra. Oh, it's so. Robin, do you find it comfortable? He doesn't understand. This is a tight garment that yeah. you stretch around your body. So Sometimes why are you wearing it? It has wires underneath. Why are you wearing a bra? To you. Why are you wearing a bra then, Robin? I have Liberate been yourself. conditioned by society. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Well, join Rosie's uh, talk a uh, little <laughs> chat Zoom room. They'll get you out of that bra in two seconds. Yeah, I think you just have to be braless for the rest of this emergency. What about the idea that your your your, your breast could actually begin to droop and maybe even hit your your you know hit your feet? I mean, it, Howard, it, listen. Yeah. Let me explain something to you. My boobs are cross-eyed. So the nipples, what the nipples are supposed to be here, they're like here. They can almost kissing cousins. They go really? inward, my boobs. Yes. So I've never heard of that. Inward boobs. People have inward boobs where the nipples literally, like if I showed you on this, well, now I'm sitting. Show up. me. The, the lip, the nipples would be closer together than, well, now they're, far, see, because I'm leaning back, now they look like they're perfect. <laughs> But trust me, you don't want nipples like this. When you're with a woman for the first time, do you get self-conscious about those nipples? Do you sit there and go, no. Because when you're laying down, they look perfect. And if you're on the top, they have gravity and they kind of stay. You know, that you only see the pointy when I'm standing up. I usually, before I shoot, I have to move my nipples when I'm on the set. I'm like, let me just make sure that they're not pointy inward. I didn't know you had that problem. I, I'm, I'm very sorry for you. I, I, I did not know that. You never told you me that before. You should ask your viewers. There's probably lots of your viewers who have this issue. Do you, um, uh, now where is your fiance? Are you, are you guys living together? Is she with no. you? No. We never live together. She lives in Worcester, Massachusetts. So she comes down and visits like every, she has four days on and two days off. So that's. But you can't do that now. Days. Right. We can't do it now. So I haven't seen her in a long time because she's um, they said that all the police officers from Massachusetts couldn't leave the state. So she's, you know, and she's normally on the mounted unit. She rides the horses around. But now, because there's so much going on, 
um, they have her back in a patrol car, the people from that unit, because there's a lot of COVID calls and a lot of people in distress. Then the, the number of 911 calls is exorbitantly increased. So now she's going and doing the thing that is very difficult to do, go one-on-one with the full mask mm. and your full protective gear and go in and try to help these people who are... I know. I am so right. scared for police officers and people right. who have she to go into so people's scared. homes. Yo, what, did you ever have the conversation? Because you could have certainly, I'm sure, said, hey, listen, stop being a cop. You're, you know, you're with me now, honey. I'm going <laughs> to, uh, I'm going to change your life. You know, you're, you're Richard Gere to her, you know, pretty woman thing. Because, yeah. you know, you could have, you could have said, stop being a cop. I want but you she to loves be with me. Being a cop. She loves being a cop. She loves serving people. She was in the army right out of high school because of nine 11. And, um, you know, she really has a strong identity with what she does for a living and who she is. And that is. probably turns you on because she's not looking for a paycheck from you. She's like into Correct. her own thing. Yeah. But right. now she's not with you. So what do you do? Do you, do you doing Zoom sex at all? Are you, uh, are you? No, are you Zoom kidding? sex? Honey, first <laughs> of all, 58 years old. You're wow. not doing Zoom sex. You're hardly Bullshit. doing real sex. Are you serious? You're not having yes. sex? Are you serious? Honey, it's so tiring. It's so much work. I, you know, you have <laughs> menopause. You've already been in menopause. I'm on antidepressants. It makes it harder for you to achieve oh. climax. You know, I'm like, let's just cuddle. But no masturbation? Any, you're not even masturbating. And she's no. a young woman. And she's got to want to have sex. You've got to do something for her. Yes, I do. I, I, I can say that everyone is happy in the situation. But yeah. um, I am not. I literally would rather do anything. When she's like, come on, honey, why don't we go upstairs? I'm like, we could play Scrabble. <laughs> yeah. We could play the Wii. We could do something. Oh my god! So, you don't so, know if it's a hot, if you're hot, or if it's a hot flash. Is that exactly? <laughs> so, Rosie, exactly. would you do? Would you continue doing the Rosie O'Donnell show on Sunday nights? Let's say, uh, if you had a sponsor and uh, you know somebody sponsored, and you, and you, you know, maybe you started up again online. Yeah, the only way I would do it is online because that was so fun for me and. It, I don't know what the world is going to look like when this is done. I don't know if overproduced shows with, you know, big celebrities is going to be the thing that people are looking for after right. all of this, you know. But I would love to do that, Howard. We got a sponsor. I do it every Sunday night and raise money for different charities. That would, I would be nice. Yeah. Have you done the podcasting thing? No, I never did. You know, I had a deal to do one and it never came through. And so I've never done it. But um, I had a lot of fun doing this, kind of talking to the Broadway people in their house, you know. Yeah, no, you're good at that. I um, listen. I love you. I hope uh, you stay safe. Stop too, having having. Stop having the kids' friends over. Just okay. do that. Do your Zoom chats. Do it with the uh, Meg Ryan and uh, all those other people. Now you know. take care of yourself and Beth, and don't get too worried, Howard. I know. You know what the kids are going to have to do? They're going to have to have some kind of a glass between them. They have to be, you know, yeah. something has to separate them. Yeah, remember yes. when kids used to like, like, remember that movie, the guy was in the Turkish prison and they just pressed up with a glass and. <laughs> Midnight <laughs> Express. Yeah, Midnight that Express. <laughs> that, that, like, that's, a, that's how mating is going to occur. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be wild. <laughs> you just rub into the glass and you come and that's it. And it's done. 
Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> no, no fuss, no muss. Uh, right. Rosie, I don't know what's going to be, but I love that you came on today. Oh, honey, and, I love you, and I miss you. And when this is over, we'll have dinner again. I hope so. And uh, and, and never I don't know what bother me, Howard. Just know that. All right, I just haven't spoken to you in so long. I figured I don't know. Why don't well, you call there. him? Did you not miss him? I did. I, I texted Beth a couple times. Yeah. I don't know. And then I said, gee, I lost track of Rosie. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know where she's living. Uh, I used to. Here used I to be, am. Yeah. Don't right. worry. I'm not going anywhere. Robin, you take care of yourself, too. I do. Right. And and please, you, too. And you look great. And it was so much fun to have you on yeah. today. And Rosie, before you leave, say one positive thing about President Trump. Go ahead. Let me see. No. I dare you to. <laughs> oh, boy, let me even try to think. Um, he hired Fauci in the first place. Okay, there you go. That's, you know, even though he's trying to get rid of him now and get him out of there, but I think he's the smartest guy we know on this, and uh, we got to let him lead and not Trump for for damn sure. All right, that was positive. That's interesting. I do it. I can do it. Look at that. You can do it. What are you going to do now (laughs) after I hang up with you? I'm going to go play with my little kid downstairs, and then I have therapy at 1030 right on here. Are you homeschooling? Yes, that's an interesting thing to try to get her to pay attention to the Zoom class. And, you know, it's it's first grade. So they each do show and tell one at a time, you know. Oh, boy. Will you yeah. put on a will you at least put on a bra for homeschooling? I think you should. Really... No way, Howard. The whole COVID crisis. Just I'm going to send you on. some illustrated drawings of my nipple inwardness. You still doing art? Are you doing any art during this coronavirus? Yes. I'm you doing are. a lot of art. I'm doing port acrylics and I'm painting on those dolls that I used to do all the time. Remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rosie got me. Uh, Rosie got me uh, started with all that stuff. Yeah, you still right. doing it? Anymore? Yeah, yeah. I'm painting. Oh, he's gotten really good. good. I I'm know. I was it. very impressed. Well, listen. Right, you guys take care. I love you. Be careful. Love you too. And, uh, and, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Have you been eating pop tarts during the? Um... Oh yes. You got it. Listen, what are you eating? What are you eating Pop-tarts. during the Pop Tarts? During the I had this thing the first day. I said to the guy who works here, he's like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. We had just gotten here. Schools were just closed. He's like, What do you need? I said, Pop Tarts. That's all I could think of. I was so panicked. He's like, Pop Tarts. And I'm like, Yeah, Pop Tarts. What flavor? I go, Any flavor. Well, he bought like 40 things of Pop-Tarts for us. You like Pop-Tarts? I, I don't, I'm not impressed with Pop-Tarts, but although I imagine there's no shortage of them during this crisis. No, th- apparently I'm the only one who feels as though the pandemic food of choice is Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Listen, you got to keep up your immune system. Pop-Tarts are not the right thing for you to be eating. And that's see what some... my teenagers say to me every day when I eat one. All right. Well, listen. All right. All right. Listen, I'm glad you're liberated. You're not wearing that bra anymore, and I'm glad you're eating Pop-Tarts. Thank All you. Right. All right. Thanks, Rosie, oh, for doing this. Love you. Take care. Love Bye. you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rosie O'Donnell. You see, Robin? Rosie knows what's going on over She's there. taking care of things. She's holding it down yeah. and doing her her uh, Zoom call at night. There you go. There you go. Wow. See, that was an exciting Zoom. You, know, you were just talking to Fred about how you would rather uh, get coronavirus than Zoom, and now you want to be in a Zoom. <laughs> No, uh, let me tell you something. When you told me you were doing a Zoom cocktail party, I went, I think I'd rather jump out of a building. I think, I, I think I'd have a better chance of surviving that than a Zoom cocktail party. 
But the guys around well, here. If you're, if you're with a bunch of your friends who you love, why aren't you having a good time? I, because I don't really. Maybe it's because I get my rocks off doing this and I get enough talk. When I get off the air, I'm very quiet. I don't. I don't want to do more talking. I'm mostly quiet, too. I don't do it on days we work. I really couldn't. I can't but imagine that I have a every friend. Once I, in, and, I'm, and they're going through stuff. I want, to, I want to be with them. Really? I don't have friends that I love that much that I want to get on Zoom with them. And, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I do it with my kids, you know, we Zoom. Right. Well, that's the kind of love. Really? Who are you? Well, what? I didn't know you. I didn't know. I wonder who these people are you're zooming with. I even call Crazy. you. I don't zoom with you, but I call you to see how you are. Yeah. You don't answer. No. <laughs> not, not picking up. But all right. I think we should take a break. We'll uh, come back. Get a couple yeah, answers should, from. There's a couple of things we should review. The famous people who have the coronavirus. Do you have a list? Because there are people we haven't, yeah, there are people we haven't mentioned. Like who? Or like, who? well, we mentioned David Bryan, but uh, John Taylor of Duran Duran, the basis for Duran yeah, Duran. That's, has a, that's it. a new one. Marianne Faithful. You said that the other day. I did. Mm-hmm. Christopher Cross. I didn't know that. You mean the guy, uh, Salem, what was that song? yeah. Salem. And then he did Antenna. some big right, like the uh, wind. movie. <clears throat> All right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do a prank call. Take a little. Pink has it too, doesn't she? Pink had it. And yeah. I think one of her kids uh, did have some symptoms. Allie Wentworth. You didn't tell me she had it. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah she does have it. And I'm... uh I'm very, very close with her, and I am very uh, concerned because mm, um, she's sick, you know, and I really love her. And yeah, she's having a hard time with it. You know, she's we we check up on her every day, but mm. you know, I mean, yeah, that, that and I and I know she she went into quarantine pretty early on. I don't know what happened there. I mean, but George, her husband, he's been going into he's work fine. for a while. Yeah, and he's fine. So I don't understand what happened there, but yeah, that's that was upsetting. Manu Dubangu, you don't know. Manu Dubangu he, has it. Yes, Manu Dubangu has that's it. That's it, Mr. I, Soul Makusa. Makusa, 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 Makusa. Makusa, Makusa. I didn't even know he was still alive. Did he ever have another? I don't think he ever had a hit. Found out he's alive. I think Soul Makusa was it for Manu Dubango, right? I think so too. Love that fucking song. Yeah, listen to that. Coming at you, WNBC. We got a little Soul Makusa for you with a Manu Dubango. Yeah, try saying that three times fast. <laughs> a Soul Makusa from Manu Dubango. That's why I'm a professional disc jockey. WNBC. <laughs> I can't even do that part. <laughs> hey now, great song. I could never forget that name, Manu Dubango. It was as crazy as the song. It says here, Manu Dubango died on March 24th. He's dead. Oh, my God, he died. He, you know, my list didn't say he was gone. Hey, just look that up. Mono died of died. coronavirus. Oh, man, that sucks. How old was he? He was 
pretty old. How old yeah. was he? Does anybody have his age? Roseanne's going around saying she believes the virus was created to get rid of um, older people. <laughs> she is. That's what she's saying. Everything was created to get rid of older people. Oh, Mano Dubango was 86 years old. Yeah, he was pretty old. Here, watch this. Makusa. Oh, ma- what? I used to know all the lyrics to this. <laughs> Don't forget where I grew up. This was a big hit. Makusa. Makusa. <laughs> I don't even want to translate what he's saying right now. <laughs> They're calling the coronavirus the boomer remover. So I'm telling you, this is what. Yeah, Roseanne boomer. Thinks. Yeah. yeah, boomer. Um, John Prine. Oh, the yeah. Folk yeah singer, he died. He's in right? critical condition. He oh. was intubated. Right. I think he's still with us. Julie Bennett. Oh, 88. She, she was she? Cindy Bear in the Yogi the Bear show. Oh, yes. Cindy <laughs> Bear. I tell you what, I got to take a break real quick. Um, let me play a phony phone call. This is Donald Trump calling an Easter bunny service because he wants to get an Easter bunny for Easter. And then um, and then we'll talk to Dr. Agus. We'll get a couple of questions answered. Yeah. In situation. Okay. I, I trust that he's got good information. So. Um, enjoy Donald Trump calling the Easter Bunny service. Here you go. Hello, entertainment. Hello. Uh, can you provide me with a man in a bunny suit for Easter? Well, obviously, with this uh, pandemic happening around uh, here, it's a little too. Well, this is President Donald Trump, and I need you to be my Easter Bunny, okay? President, are you shooting me? This. I shit you not. No, I shit you not. Look, look, I know I've told the public otherwise, but between you and me, we're still a go to end this pandemic on Easter. Can you do that? Um, yeah. Terrific. I'm I'm a huge supporter of your administration. I voted for you. Terrific. Whatever you need, I'm I'm more than happy to. We also want to prove that no more virus totally solved by me. Okay, so I have a few things I need the bunny to do. Yes, sir. Listen up. So we're going to be bringing in sick kids, right? Very sick, tremendously sick, bald, skinny, very unsettling. It's pretty gross stuff. And we want the bunny to roll those kids down the hill with the eggs. Right. Okay. You and we want to show the world that the pandemic is over and sick kids are now healthy and full of vim and vigor. Right. I'll I'll be rolling down eggs. Yes. And the kids roll them up. You roll them up. Oh, but it doesn't matter. We just need them to make us look good. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. Secondly, we're getting a bunch of old people. Right. Wheelchairs, diapers. Okay, we might even get Joe Biden to show up and we want the bunny to drag them out of the chairs and have them hug the bunny and kiss the bunny. Right. We're doing this to show that no virus will be spread. This will help me win the election in the fall. Um, Okay. do you understand? Does this make sense? Okay. whatever it takes to get the point out, Mr. Trump. And by the way, look, if anyone gets sick, the bunny will say it's fake news. Okay, the old people are faking it to make me look bad, and everyone knows it Let anyway. Me say something, Mr. President, uh, you know, my wife and I were the first to call out fake news. Thank you so much. Thank you. I knew I could count on you. Yes, sir.
You know, people are saying I killed Corona better than Obama killed his fellow Muslim bin Laden. Yeah, right? So is, true. So true. So true. <laughs> you bet your ass it's true. That is so true, Mr. <laughs> okay. Okay. And finally, yes. we'll have the bunny take off his mask and yell, Pelosi's vagina smells like rotten eggs. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it as the Easter bunny. Let me hear that. Pelosi's vagina smells like rotten eggs. That's very good. Uh, now, Mr. President, you, uh, you, you are the kids going to be around when I say that? Are you sure that's okay to say? Don't worry about those sick kids, okay? After we roll them down the hill, we're getting them the hell out of there. <laughs> and by the way, in case the virus is still around, uh -huh. I need you to do me a favor. Yes, sir. Just tell the American people that you got the date wrong, okay? And that I, President Trump, requested the money for Easter 2021, and you messed up and ruined America, not me, okay? Well, well, yes, okay, we'll say the Easter bunny got it wrong, kind of like a groundhog. You know, Groundhog Day, he gets that wrong, so we can make that happen. Yes, groundhogs, bunnies, whatever. Just don't say bats. Nobody likes the bats and the people who ate them, believe me. Absolutely, sir. I will be there. Thank you, Cupcake. Thank you so much, Okay. Sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. God bless. Oh, that's going to be so terrific. Pick the fucking tread the ground I am walking no. I love this song. If Howard knew the world was going to end tomorrow, that coronavirus was guaranteed to wipe out all of humanity in 24 hours, would he try crack or meth? No, I wouldn't. I don't think that would be my fantasy. I don't, I'm, I'm afraid of that stuff. And I don't mean in terms of dying. I mean, I just don't want to go out. Although maybe it would be good. Maybe I'd be hallucinating and shit. Yeah, I don't think I would, though. Think it's it not through. Me. Think it through. <laughs> but I also think, like, I'd be like, you know, maybe they're wrong. And then all of a sudden, the goof would be, I died and the, and the world didn't go away. You know, I'm suspicious of everything. So who knows? Uh, let me see. That was a good question, but no, I wouldn't try it. I'd probably just eat, like, a big bowl of pasta until I exploded. You know? I'd go off my diet. I just want something really good to eat and like not have to worry about calories or being fat, you know, or getting back into your pants. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> I just eat and fart a lot. It'd be awesome. Um, if a close loved one like Beth said, was dying from coronavirus and she asked for one last hug on her deathbed, would you? Oh, man, you couldn't. Well, you wouldn't even be there. That's right. In fact, Beth and I were talking about that. That's what freaks us out the most about coronavirus. Like, if one of us gets it and the other doesn't, and one of us has to go to the hospital, it's like we wouldn't even be able to say really goodbye. Right. Be weird. Well, yeah, you could say weird. goodbye, but over the phone. You yeah, like it would there. be weird. Yeah, so the answer <laughs> is no. We wouldn't. We're not even going to be there. We're going to abide by the rules. Um, as a famous celebrity, do you believe you should get first dibs when they approve a vaccine? Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> I think I'm more important to the world. Yeah, I mean, I would like that, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. I'm sure. Selfishly, well, again, like it. how do you know that the vaccine 
won't you won't have an allergic reaction. You don't know what these things do at the Good very idea. beginning. You know you're smart. No, I want you guys to get it first. You check it out. <laughs> you're the guinea pigs. I'll stay in isolation. Yeah, and I'll wait like a couple of months. You guys test it out, make sure you're okay, and then I'll go. Yeah, I there want to go last. Go. Oh, you're thinking. You're thinking way smarter than I am. Uh, there's so much coronavirus craziness that uh, uh, I I said yeah. to Gary, you got to book Dr. Agus one more time because the fans all wrote in and loved his common sense advice and approach to this whole thing. Gary, is Dr. Agus ready? <clears throat> he is ready. Are you um, are you clearing your throat more now with the coronavirus? Because <clears throat> I was I my my impression of Gary is his clearing of the throat is a nervous tick. <clears throat> and I believe that uh, these nervous these nerve wracking times, Gary's. Gary's constant. The answer is yes. The answer is yes to everything you just said. I'm definitely a nervous tick. I'm definitely doing it more. I am definitely more on edge than I've ever been. Is it driving your wife crazy that you're going? This is what happens when you have somebody hostage for 30 years. She said she doesn't hear it. She doesn't even hear it. All right. Dr. Agus is a guy. I mean, I've given you my background with Dr. Agus. He has helped me through many, many uh, physical health crises. He has helped Robin with her cancer. He is. Hey, Dr. Agus, tell the people your credentials, because I'm very impressed. But didn't you go to like Harvard or something? University of Pennsylvania. He never gets the school right. Right. (laughs) Where where did you go Um, again? I self-schooled. So from a young child, I just took textbooks and started to read them. So I never went to school and I just taught myself. No, but you know I went, to, I went to Princeton undergraduate, then University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, and then uh, uh, did uh, training at Johns Hopkins and then went to Sloan Kettering and then came out to the West Coast where now I'm at University of Southern California. Why is it whenever I go to a doctor and I say, hey, uh, I'm friends with Dr. Regis, they all start fucking, they almost come in their pants. Like they're <gasps> all like, oh, yeah, that guy, he knows everything. What, what, why are you so special that you know everything? How are you in the know so much? I'm not. Um, you are, um, though. You yeah. even tell me that off the air. I mean, you, you really do. <laughs> yes. you, you really are uh, on top of like other doctors don't know what you know. Why is that? I'm privileged to do what I do, which I get to write. So I get to sit every morning and read and write and learn about things. Um, and I have a lab that does research, develops new treatments and new technologies. And, uh, you know, I pinch myself every day. I get to do what I do and treat patients like you. You want to hear a story about this guy, Dr. Agus? I don't think I've ever told it. This is, this is how smart this guy is. This is why I invite him on the show. Cause I don't have doctors on the show. When do I have a doctor on the show? But we're in the Corona. This is how smart he is. I go for a checkup, and my doctor says to me, you know, like my local doctor, does a physical, and he says to me, uh-oh. I go, what do you mean, uh-oh? What the fuck is uh-oh? Your testosterone levels are very, very high. I go, what do you mean very high? He goes, like, extraordinarily high. I go, well, what's wrong with that? Isn't that? He goes, no, no, this is not good. We might have to send you to a specialist. You might have to go on medication, blah, 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 this and that. So I call up Dr. Agus. I'm desperate. I go, Dr. Agus, you got to hear this. My testosterone levels are off the charts. He, he goes, yeah. What time in the morning did you, t- did you take your blood test in the morning? He goes, as a matter of fact, I did. He goes, oh, Ashkenazi Jews. I go, wait a second, what's that? He goes, you're probably that. He goes, in the morning... They have higher testosterone. We don't know why. We have no clue. But for some reason, 
I go, you mean it's normal for me, but not for the rest of the world? He goes, that's right. So I call up my doctor. I go, don't you know that Dr. Agus told me I'm perfectly fine, that I don't need to go see a specialist? He goes, I've never heard of such a thing. Why doesn't this Dr. Agus show me the research on this? So I call back Dr. Agus being a pain in the ass, and I go, my doctor says you're full of shit. He says, I'd be happy to send them the research. Well, I get a call from my doctor, and he says, uh, by the way, I stand corrected. I just saw the research on this thing, and your doctor is correct, and I learned something new today. So I apologize. <laughs> now, that's the story. This is what I'm telling you. So when I, I want you to pay close attention to whatever this guy says. For some reason, he knows what other people don't know. Am I correct? Is that a true story, Dr. Agus? That is a true story. I do remember this happening. That's right. In fact, uh, Dr. Eggers just told me that Ashkenazi Jews wake up as men, and by nighttime they are actually women. They, they actually go turn to sleep into as women. That's why I'm very feminine tonight. <laughs> no, but, so what I'm telling you, the re why do I tell you this? Why do I share my personal medical history with you, the audience? This guy, I don't know what planet he's from, but he seems to know what other doctors don't know. So I'm going to ask you, Dr. Eggers, with all of your wisdom, where are we at for real? Don't sugarcoat this bullshit. Are we going to be dead? Are we going to survive this thing? As of now, how long is it going to last? How long are we going to be in seclusion? That's right. So I, I am proud of America, right? America has stepped up. We've all social distance. We're in our houses and we're fighting back this, you know, crazy, crazy virus. We will start to see plateaus the end of this week, probably. And oh. it's going to be a scary week. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, New York, obviously, we've had a couple of days now where it's been stable, which is awesome. But I think the rest of the country, we're going to see increases. And then we're going to see plateaus. And then over the next several weeks, we're going to start to see declines because we're fighting back. We what do you wait a second? Out. What do you mean? But wait, yes. what do you mean by plateaus? In other words, I'm getting the impression with this virus from what I'm seeing that some people get it and then all of a sudden they feel better and they think they're over it and then it comes back again. It's like a, it's like it hits you again with a double whammy. Am I correct? Well, 80 percent of people have mild to moderate symptoms. You know, 25 percent of people, maybe even more, have no symptoms at all. The new data that just came out showed up to 50 percent of people have zero symptoms with this virus. So we don't even know the true number, the denominator, the number, the bottom of the fraction that had this. So um, we could have had it already. Some of you could have had it already. I bet you many in the audience did have it without knowing it. Um, and that's the amazing thing about this. There will be a test to, soon to see who has immunity, who had the virus. That test should come out over the next several days. And that'll be key to understanding what's happening in the country. But yeah, this virus takes sometimes two weeks to get over. So you may feel better for a day or two and then down and then up and then down. It takes a while to get over if you're symptomatic. I saw a horrifying report this morning that it is now they say it's not just your lungs, but your heart can go through some weird thing with this virus. Do you know about this? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it's a lot of stress on the heart when you have this virus. And if you look at the data from China, about 21 percent actually died of heart issues while having the virus. So it's not that it causes direct effect on the heart. It's just that it's so much stress on the body causing problems. I mean, the stress of coughing and constantly uh, just and, the fevers. Not and being able oxygen, to breathe. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Lack of oxygen. I mean, breathing and is so, critical. So you mean in your professional opinion, 80, you still stick by that number. 80% of the people, you know, they, they get this thing, they survive it, they do okay, they should lay in bed and take Tylenol, right? That's it. They don't have the extreme breathing problems. 
Well, no, it's, 98% of people will have that. So 98% of people won't have to go to a hospital. We'll feel okay during this and get through it. 2% of people have a significant reaction. And the problem is, no matter how good I am, I can't figure out who that 2% is. Um, and that's what's difficult. I just yeah. can't figure that out. And so, yes, if you're elderly and you have other medical problems, you're more likely. But I've seen 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, and 40-year-olds go on ventilators and I can't figure out why them, not somebody else. Do you think there's a common denominator with, well, oh, all right, skip the common denominator. Do you think that there is a bunch of people in this country right now frantically working on either a cure or something to reduce the symptoms? Is there, are there, are there initiatives going on that we don't even know about? No question about it is that there, there are, you know, kind of three camps. There's one camp that's developing a vaccine and there are about a dozen. Ah, it went dark here. There are about a dozen companies working on this. Um, and they're doing a great job, but it's going to take another probably, uh, a, a 12 to 18 months to make this vaccine. There's another group of people working on treatments and the treatments are starting to show that some of them may work. I say may work because we don't really know the answer till the clinical trials are done. But certainly stories or anecdotes are showing that they're probably benefiting. There was a randomized trial, believe it or not, with the drug called hydroxychloroquine that President Trump has, you know, aggressively trouted, touted in China, showing a benefit to the people who took it. It wasn't a perfect trial, but it clearly showed a benefit. And then there's the people working on the testing. And this is the key testing is who's been exposed, who has immunity in the country, because there are countries now that are giving immunity certificates. That means if you had the virus, you can go out and, you know, go in public because you're not going to spread it and you're not going to catch it anymore. So you can go out. So actually using data for policy. How did that tiger in the Bronx get the coronavirus? Are we transmitting to animals and are animals capable of transmitting back to us? So what we know is that cats can carry this virus. Um, that was shown about a couple of weeks ago. We don't know if they're infectious, but we know they can catch it from us. And we know they can get lethargic or lose energy with it. That's about all we know. Um, so there's hmm. no data yet that animals can spread to humans. I mean, the cat, the cats, but there is data that we can spread to them. Wow. That's a, that's a new one. That's a new run. Wow. Poor, mm-hmm. you know, it sucks for the cats. Yeah. They, they don't get anything out of that. <laughs> And and it what is the story? The and, and with this testing you're talking about, what, you know, the, mm-hmm. antibody testing. How long will this take to implement? Like, will we see this quickly? Um, yeah, this is a test that's very scalable. It's akin to the pregnancy test. Um, this is a quick test. It's a cheap test. It's a hard test to initially develop, but it's an easy test to implement across the country. So we're going to see it applied across the country very, very quickly when it's ready. They've done it in South Korea. They're doing it in China, and we'll start to have it here. The CDC started doing it over this last weekend, and I think you'll see it scaled over the next couple of weeks pretty dramatically. What is your Who best? The problem tested? is it's a doctor's office. You know, it's, you have to go to a doctor's office, a blood uh-huh. draw right now for the test. Oh, you don't want to go to a doctor's office. No. So, you know, the hope is it could be a finger prick and you can get the result at home, just like you do with a pregnancy test. And it'll say minus or plus, And you'll know that's what mm. they're working on now. And you'll know if you had the virus or not. And you'll know if you have antibodies to the virus. That's the that's the hope with that thing. Right. That that's what this test will show. It's, you know, called a post exposure test. And it it's going to change everything. Right. Because we're going to know if we can go out in public and be safe. Beth and I were afraid to go out yesterday. And I'll tell you why. Now we're hearing. If you're walking outside, that things have changed. 
that if you are near somebody somehow in the air that you can get this thing, that this is new, that this has somehow mutated into something stronger, I guess. No. Um, so this but the virus is spread by droplets. When you breathe, if you stand in front of a mirror and breathe, those are droplets on the mirror, right? It gets foggy. If you wear a bandana in front of the mirror and breathe, it doesn't get foggy because that that, that uh, uh, bandana drops the droplet, that blocks the droplets. When you go outside and go for a walk, um, somebody stops and talks to you, their droplets can spread it to you. But droplets are gravity, so they'll hit the ground. So if somebody was there a minute ago, they're not going to be droplets floating around there. So you have to have a conversation with someone or engage with someone. But this is the reason we're saying everybody needs to wear a mask when they go out, not to protect you from getting the virus, but if you're asymptomatic, I don't want your droplets to spread to somebody else. You really have to work together. When we see this country open in May, it's going to be said everyone needs to wear a mask when they go out. So you think the country is going to get back up on its feet in May, that people will start going out again, that, like, for example, I would go into work? Uh, you know, I mean, I mean is that well, your prediction? Well, not him. Well, you know what? I am scared shitless of this. I think it's a horrible way to die, not being able to suck in air. I don't want to go to a hospital, be on a ventilator because they're going to have to knock me out. With I mean, I don't want to go through this. I, I'm really afraid. Well, and by the way, here's the most important question. What's with that lamp in your office? Yeah, you're the most on? brilliant uh, man in the world. You can't keep a light on? Listen, I have no freaking idea what's going on here. I don't know how to work The whole time I'm things. talking to you, your lamp is going on and off. <laughs> It's kind of cool, isn't it? It's like a I, I feel light. like I'm at a disco in the 60s. Um, no, no, but where are yes. you? Yes. So what I'm saying is, what am I saying, Dr. Huh? Regis? You tell me what I'm saying. We're when saying we, that in, in the beginning of May, you know, probably right. the first or second week away, we're going to open the country and we're going to say, hey, listen, um, uh, uh, people who have been exposed, you had this test, you can go out in public and do anything. Younger people can probably go out. If you're elderly, you may want to stay indoors. You're going to wear a mask when you go out. And then we'll slowly get rid of all those uh, uh, requirements, you know, probably June or July. So it'll be oh. a graded release from home, if you will. So Not you're 18 saying 18 months, Howard. Well, I believe it's going to be 18 months, but I'll go with Dr. Agus <laughs> and listen to him. I, but, but, but here's the thing. You see, I, um, I was under the impression that even if you have antibodies to this thing, and let's say you had it already, you can easily get it again. And so I'm wrong, right? No, that's not true. So if you have immunity, there's no evidence you can get it again. What I think you're referring to is, is that people who had it and got better, about 30 days later, they could still find some virus on them. And right. realize the test for the virus looks for 100 letters of the 30,000 letters of the viral code. So by finding those 100 letters, it doesn't mean there's live virus. It doesn't mean you're infectious. It doesn't mean the virus is causing a problem. It means that there's some remnants of the virus there. So I think that's what you're referring to. So I, once you had the virus, we know you'll have immunity. The question is, how long will it last? Will it last for a lifetime or will it last for two years? It'll last at least a year or two. And by then we'll have a vaccine and we'll know that answer. The virus is new, so we don't know how long the immunity will last yet. Am I considered elderly? Are you considered elderly? Um, we're considering elderly in this probably around 70. Oh, good. So I'm not elderly. Not yet. No. Are you saying that to make me feel better? <laughs> I yeah, I think he that. just amended no. that. Right. No. Oh, good. I'm not elderly. Oh, God, I don't well, want to be elderly. 
Dr. Angus, in the case of Boris Johnson, now you said usually there is about a two week period that you're having, you know, the difficulties with this illness. He has not been able to get over it and he's wound up in intensive care. Yes. So, you know, this interesting is that, you know, there's about a nine, 10 day incubation period and then there's about on average two weeks with it. And so, yes, Boris Johnson had a significant period with the virus and it's gotten worse and worse. Um, again, we don't know necessarily uh, 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 what was going on. There's not public what's happening in his case. But certainly, once you end up in an ICU, it is critical. And if you look at people who will go on a ventilator, only about 60 to 70% of, 60% of them actually die when they go on a ventilator. So only about 30 to 40% of them actually can come off a ventilator. So it gets serious. It gets serious, this virus. And that's why we're scared to hell of it. But again, 50% of people, zero symptoms, other people going on a ventilator. What kind of virus is it where it discriminates like that? What is the difference between those two groups of people? Chris Cuomo says he thinks he can fight the virus by staying active and not just by staying in bed and giving up. Is there any truth to that or is that a bad way to look at this thing? No, I think no question about it. I think the more active you are, the better you're going to do. Your lymphatics that control your immune system have no muscle in their wall. So it's actually the rhythmic contraction of the muscles of your legs when you walk that make your body work. So you don't have to get sweaty or get your heart rate up. Just walking, whether it be an apartment or the backyard, is critical to fighting the virus and keeping your immunity up prior to the virus. I'm finding it hard to find Clorox wipes. It seems to be there's like a a run on those. What can you use in your house to get this fucking virus out of my house? The virus is not going into your house on its own, right? And the virus can only last on a surface for a day or two at most. So by now, there is no virus in your house, I promise you. Okay. But when you have things brought in... When you have things brought in, you want to wipe down afterwards. Soap and water are just as good as anything. This virus has an envelope around it. You know, it, it's enclosed in this protein that soap degrades like that. So washing with soap and water is fantastic way to get rid of the virus. Best way to handle a package or mail. What's the best way? Um, the best way either is there are two ways to do it. One is you can be kind of compulsive, which I'm sure you are. Put right. on no offense. Um, put on gloves. And undo everything and then throw away the gloves. Number two is, you know, do it. I mean, just as safe and just as easy. Undo your package, undo your mail, put it all on the table, go wash your hands in soap and water for at least 20 seconds and come back and read your mail and play with whatever came in your package just as good. And then clean the area where the packages were with soap and water or an alcohol-based cleaner or Lysol or something like that. Listen to how crazy I get. I was going to order these masks, right? My friend knew a place where you could get some masks. But he said to me, Uh they're made in China. Was I smart not Uh to order them? I said, you know, fuck that. I'm not going to order Chinese masks. They were supposed to be the right kind, the N95? No, they were just like some, I don't know what they were, but the masks were made in China. So I said, I am not bringing them into the house. Am I completely insane? Well, those are two separate issues. Are you completely (laughs) insane? And is this particular kind of behavior reflective of that insanity? Um you know, first of all, N95 masks, all of us should stand up as much as we can and refrain from using them and save them for the healthcare professionals. Because right. these men and women, you know, at the front lines are really risking their life day in and day out for all of us. And they need, need these supplies. But something necessarily made in China, there is no risk to it. And there's no harm to it. But we can certainly use products that are made in China. And I'm not worried about that at all. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with something made in China. 
It's it, it, yeah, because I was like, oh man, I'm like, I put something on my mouth that was made in China. Maybe the guy handling the mask. I, you know, I got all paranoid. I'll be honest. Well, what about the a- air in the fine. air bubbles from the China packaging? Yeah, what if, what if you get packaging from China and then they got you know you know that packaging that has like those little air bubbles? Sometimes you step on them and you pop them. How about if the air okay. is from China? The air is coming from China in those packets. Yeah, the, the air circulates around the globe. Our, our atmosphere <laughs> circulates. So, you know, our air was in China. It was in Korea. It was in uh, all over. I mean, the atmosphere circulates. I wouldn't necessarily worry about the air in the bubbles as being a major health risk. In light of my time. last question, was that the dumbest rumor yes. you've ever heard? Or have you heard dumber rumors about the virus? Oh, I, heard, what, I mean, listen... They're what burning you 5G telephone towers saying that 5G is the cause of this uh, uh, viral outbreak. It's wild what's going on in the world now, rumor-wise. I We're read that yesterday. Crazy, crazy things. Why are people assuming that 5G is killing them or creating the coronavirus? How are they making that jump and that leap? You don't know. Uh, you know, I, there, there is no logic to it. Um, there really is no logic to it. But no, 5G is not causing problems. In fact, you know, 5G is much uh, 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 penetrates us much less than other wavelengths. Um, and it's very thick, which can carry a lot of data, but it can't penetrate us more. So it's probably safer than other uh, uh, wavelengths. Craziest thing I heard. Someone said you should yeah. take a blow dryer uh, up your nose, like like pointed up your nose, in order to kill the coronavirus if oh, you think you've been exposed. And I'm like, wouldn't that burn your nose off? I mean, a blow dryer. I mean, that, people are people are. T- I'm not making that up. Isn't that insane? It, it is insane. I mean, I guess the notion is heat can affect the virus like that, but it's not going to affect your the virus in your nose or you at all. Don't do it. Is it safe to play Chinese checkers? Um, Chinese checkers is an issue. There's a lot of cases of definite transmission from Chinese checkers. There you it go. Was, no, of course. I mean, listen, we, we've changed our life radically. And I think we have. We, we have to be proud as a nation of how we've responded here. And I am proud how people have responded. We're staying in our homes. We're not going out. We really are fighting back and playing offense against this horrible virus. And we're going to win. We're going to come through the other side actually stronger, much more data on how to prevent this in the future. We're going to be a better country because of it. At the same time, we still have to fight and we can't have people go back. We see pictures of people on piers in Washington, D.C. going to church services. Those things we have to stop. We all have to fight this together. Well, that's why I'm surprised you're proud of America. I don't feel they are taking it seriously enough. I think people I, are going to church and they're, they're going, yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. I mean, I, not I think a lot of people. Droves, Howard. I don't know. I don't know. percent of us are doing the right thing. And I think the rest of us have to stand up. If you remember after 9-11, there were these signs that said, if you see something, call someone. The same should be happening here. If you see people doing the wrong thing, either call someone or say something. We all have to be part of the solution here. And I think we can. You know, it's funny because I have a friend who was, um, they were sitting at home abiding by all the rules. They looked at their neighbor's house and the neighbor had a whole big construction crew. This was last week. A whole big construction crew next door working, all touching each other, breathing on each other like nothing was going on. And this person called the police and said, hey, this is going on right next door. And the police said, look, we can't really do anything about it. We can't stop them from working on a house. And in a way, I was like, that's a shame. I wish the police could go over and say, hey, you're doing something illegal here right now while we're trying to get this coronavirus under control. You know what I mean? I do. And I, I do wish there were uniform uh, restrictions across the country. Um, I think all of us have to and I wish masks were mandated when we went out. And, you know, it's like when you hurt your knee, 
playing basketball, you put an ace bandage, it doesn't help your knee heal, but it reminds you, don't push that knee because something could happen. When you wear a mask, it reminds everybody else out there, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's behave a certain way. So I love it also for being a reminder in addition for blocking your droplets. One of the guys who works for me saw a garage sale going on just the other day. I'm talking two days ago. I mean, a garage sale, Dr. Agus. Can you imagine? It's crazy. It's wrong. Uh, and, you know, those are the instances that are going to keep this going in small numbers around the country. And we have to stop that. You know why um, I think a lot of us are in We're despair. so close. Yes. Do you know why I think a lot of us are in despair? The U.S. has more confirmed cases than anywhere in the world. And, you know, we read about South Korea's government getting on this thing really early on. They learned of it the same time we did, and they've really got it more under control. And we start to lose faith in our government. We get upset because we're like, wow, why is it we have the most confirmed cases than anywhere in the world? Honestly, well, we have we have this thing in our country called states rights. So the federal government can do certain things, but states have rights to do their own things. And that makes it sometimes difficult, particularly with regard to health. Um, you know, many of our cities are perfect storms. New York was a perfect storm for this. Right. People flying in from all over the world. You have the subway. You have the crowded streets. You have the late to act acting later than California did. And what do you know? There's a dramatic increase in cases. And we're seeing it now. New Yorkers are stepping up. New Yorkers are staying inside. And we're seeing the leveling off of the cases over the last few days. And hopefully we'll see it decline. You have a mayor, I mean, a governor who is tough and who's right. being a leader and pushing for normative behavior change. And I respect that. Yeah, I wish there were more more federal controls. I would, And I think the states would follow if the if, uh, if our federal government said, look, this is what we are mandating. This is what we have to have. Or this, recommending. This, this, this. Yeah, I, I really do think there's some confusion in this country. No, there's no question about it. Listen, I get in trouble. People get very aggressively because I have to work. I work with this administration. I work with every administration. Sure. And I try to push them in the right direction. I can't just say I don't agree with you and walk away. I think we have to say we have a leader and we have to work with him right now to try to push to make him do the right thing and to educate people in our government about what needs to be done and to try to, sh- to push for that change that has to happen. But you're a brilliant guy. Why doesn't Trump say to you, look, this isn't my thing. Dr. Regis, I'm putting you in charge and I'm going to let you call all the shots. Why doesn't he do that? That's what I would do I'm if I was sure. president. I, I, I want to be in charge, but I am, I and many other scientists and doctors around the country are having a regular discourse with people in the leads at the government, from the White House to the FDA to Health and Human Services to all the branches and trying to push them, give them data, give them our opinions, because we're in this together. I mean, this is affecting you our speak, entire country. Did you ever speak to Jared Kushner? I did not speak to Jared Kushner on this, no. Because he's gonna, he's gonna figure it all out. I think. Right. I hope. <laughs> he's gonna. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I, listen. I hope he does too. I mean, I, I can't imagine. But I didn't know what his. I don't think. I don't think he went to medical school. But okay. Whatever. Um, do you think? Okay. Finally, this. I'm walking the yes. other day. Some guy comes up behind me jogging. He's got his shirt off, mind you. It's cold here in New York, but he got his shirt. He's wearing shorts, Mister Macho. Now, he's coming up behind me. I didn't hear him coming up behind me. And literally, he was two feet away from me when he ran by. And I got really pissed off because I'm like, you know what? What is with this guy? He was behind me. He knows I can't see him. He should have moved six to eight feet away from me, shouldn't he have? 
Technically, yes, um, he, he should have. Um, and this is the problem, right? We're only as good as the weakest link. And so if one jogger right. gets cocky and says, you know, I'm the one moving at a fast pace and I'm just going to run through everybody else, we're all in trouble. Thank you for um, saying that. We all that. have to think of each other. I mean, I, this is the hard part, right? One bad yeah. apple boils the bunch or whatever the expression is, something like that. Yeah, but I was um, livid. I was livid with this guy. You know, Was I right to tase him, Dr. Agus? <laughs> you, you have my permission to tase him. And I'm glad you're walking around with a taser. I think it's only appropriate yeah. that we all do that. We have to step up for our personal oh, I'm protection. Walking around, I'm like Batman out there. You should see what I'm walking around with. <laughs> Got a utility still, belt. A utility belt. Is it still <laughs> and is it still okay to take ibuprofen if you get this? Or are you sticking with that, or are you rather have people take Tylenol? Well, the World Health Organization backed off on their uh, uh, advice to say don't take ibuprofen, and so right okay. now there is zero data that ibuprofen or any of it we call the non-steroidals have a negative effect. They announced it could, and then they backed off on it the next day. So how are you doing, Howard? Are you sleeping? Are you taking care of yourself and all those things? I'm really trying. I, I was having a couple of sleepless nights but i i did uh last night i got a, a couple hours got seven hours i felt really good this morning i'm trying I'm, I'm doing the peloton bike to try to get something aerobic and i try to go for a walk with beth every day i do a, a little bit of weights i got some weights here in the house so you know I, I mean i'm trying i'm trying to eat well get some fruit you know i wash it i wash the fruit with um baking soda what do you think of that is that good i, I think it's great yes yes um, I gave you a, Why you uh, a recipe for it because I gave you a recipe for it. You emailed well, me. Well, we're on it. the air. Don't do it. No, what happened was <laughs> no. I called Doctor Agus. Yes. I said I I eat blueberries. I'm trying it, you know, with my with my yogurt. So I said, how can I clean them effectively? I'm looking online. They say to wash them with baking soda. You know, there's a whole protocol. He said that's not a bad idea. That's it. I asked. Uh, him. That's it, okay. Robin. Oh, Robin, there's, a, there's an old adage, choose your battles. And I've learned with yes. Howard, you can't fight everything. You want to just fight back on the things that matter. Um, Very good. And, and if the that. baking soda makes him feel better, and, go no for question it. About it. Yeah. No, but, but it has some value, right? The baking soda removes yes. uh, the coronavirus, I think. Are you, are you eating healthfully? Am I? Yes, I believe I yes. am. Yes. I'll tell you what, what I What about eat. you, Robin? I am. Yes, I'm cooking my own food. And uh, maintaining a very good diet. By the way, oh, vegetables Robin, yes. and meat. I finally got sure. Robin to stop having the cleaning woman come in, and now she is in full isolation. I mean, she was literally thinking she was in isolation by having a cleaning woman. I come was in. because the woman was never more than twelve feet near me. So what? She could have distributed coronavirus. Tell her, uh, Doctor. She was Vegas. cleaning with bleach. There, there's a, there's an amazing woman at MIT who published a paper showing that if a human tries as hard as they can, they can make one of their droplets go 37 feet. You have to try hard. She wasn't kind of going to try that. And she was wearing you, a mask. You're like an Olympic shot putter of droplets, but it's possible <laughs> to make it go 37 feet. You have to ask why is science doing these experiments, but it was done. Yeah, but but listen, she here's was my wearing point. a mask. My point to Robin was you want to be totally safe. <laughs> the woman comes in, let's say she wipes her face or something with her hand, and then she puts coronavirus on her tabletop or something. It Nobody's is listening. I don't know. I, 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 she by was the wearing way, gloves and a mask. I had her cleaning woman deported. And so just cleaning so you know. with bleach. And <laughs> she was also a cancer survivor. Yeah. She's had chemo. She knows about for her. making sure that you're safe and not 
uh, putting your immune system at risk. So you think but Dr. Agus not here anymore? <laughs> do you think Dr. Agus that that was wise of Robin? I mean, wouldn't you advise that she be in total isolation? I'm a believer of reducing risk as much as possible. And Thank every you. person you're in contact with was in contact with others. She had to travel to get there. All of those are risks. She got no in a how car from at. her house. Yeah, and she, so she had to get gas. She only cleaned my house. Uh, she had to get gas. What's the matter with you? How dirty can your house gas. be? <laughs> yeah, how dirty I is like your house? It's shiny. You know, she, she puts a good shine on everything. Uh, Dr. Agus, you personally would not have a cleaning woman come to your house, right? You wouldn't during this. I, I, we, we, we pay the woman who actually comes to our house. We're continuing to pay her, but she hasn't come for several weeks. That's right. Okay, okay. so now I'm going to have to learn how to... This, this will be forever, me trying to learn how to use the washing machine. Me learning how to yeah, do Yeah, that's all it. Wow, wow, wow. Too bad. I don't know how the vacuum cleaner works. What's a Swiffer? I don't know. By the way, yeah, Beth, Beth can answer all your questions. She's become quite <laughs> adept at it. She really knows. But non-coronavirus question, just because you're a medical doctor who I respect. Rosie O'Donnell was just on here saying bras are not necessary. I uh, do agree with this. <laughs> Who invented the underwire bra? I believe it was Howard Hughes. Honestly, I read that, right? You're right. For, You're for right. Jane Mansfield or, or exactly. who else? Jane right. J- uh, Russell. Her name was Jane Russell. Russell. Yeah, right, right. Jane she Russell. played the Tarzan uh, lady, yeah. Uh, no, what's she amazing wasn't the Tarzan is that lazy. Hughes Aircraft yeah. Engineers made the first one. Apparently, it was the most uncomfortable thing in the world, and I'm sure it still is. But it was just the notion that Howard Hughes did it was an amazing story. <laughs> um, Listen, if, if as long as it doesn't hurt her back and other things, it is fine for her to do whatever she wants, uh, bra-less or bra-full. It doesn't and finally, matter. Tom Brady will be here tomorrow. Any questions for Tom Brady you want answered? Is there anything concerning you as a sports fan about Tom Brady? Uh, yeah, what's going to happen next year? Um, uh, you know, are we all uh, rooting for Tampa Bay? Is it going to be a uh, – uh, is he excited? <laughs> I don't know. I will ask him that. I'll tell him you said that. Listen, Dr. Agus, you are yes. fantastic. I mean, Thank you I don't once know. again. Thanks again. I no. thought it was time you got on here again and calm people down. I think what you're saying, if I heard you right today, because I was listening, I think you're hopeful. I think you're hopeful for America. I, I almost think you're hopeful enough that you don't even think there'll be an all-out depression or res- certainly recession. We're opening but not a- up in May. You feel by May things can start to loosen up a little. I think it's going to be a rough week, and I think it's a week that's easy to get depressed, and it's easy to get demoralized, and it's easy to say, listen, I'm doing all these aggressive things. Maybe I'm just going to go out, but don't go backwards, everyone. Really, we have to keep it straight, and then we're going to start to see a leveling off, and we're going to see a decline, and in May, we're going to start to see a uh, a reducing of the restrictions we all have, and our economy is going to come back. We're going to go back to doing what we were doing. There's nothing fundamental wrong with any of our companies or our strategies we just got hit by this horrible virus, and we're going to come back in that regard. And I have faith in science. I have faith in the me- in medicines that are being developed now. I have faith that we will have a vaccine, and I have faith in all of us that we're going to do the right thing to get to where we need to be. I'm an optimist. Um, I really am. Dr. Agus, I can't thank you enough. I learned something new about you today, and I'm, I'm happy I learned this. I, I learned that you're great at medicine, bad at lighting. And you don't get to say that you're bad at something. Yeah, right. Thank you. I've got something you can't do. God bless you for doing this. Thanks, Dr. Agus. Thank you. We love you both. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. Now, that's a man. See? I get you all the answers. A brilliant man. Brilliant man.
terrible lamp he has. You should see the whole time. <laughs> it's going in and out. It's like a horror movie. It was pretty funny. Wowie. Yeah, well, probably well, should... Uh, feel, don't you feel better now? I wish Rosie had heard that. Well, look, I, I mean, I do feel better. I, I do believe there are people out there working on cures. I'm a big believer in science. And, you know, you never used to have to say that. You never yeah. used to have to say that. I ultimately respect scientists. That's why we're living longer. I don't think it's through prayer. I hate to say it. I think it's Look, because... Look, I don't think anybody prayed and a computer popped out. That's right. That's right. I remember when I was a young boy, I sat in my room, and what did I pray for? I prayed for a Playboy Playmate to show up in my house <laughs> and make love to me. And I, I must tell you, I prayed with very strict religious uh, prayers. Never worked out. You should have seen what showed up. <laughs> Finally, another doctor is on our phone, Dr. Ben Carson. Oh, you know, really? And he has corona advi uh, coronavirus advice, and I believe okay. we could use all the advice. Here he is. You know, he's part of the Trump administration. He's working hard. He ran for he's president. He's on the team, right? That's the right, coronavirus team. Yes, Dr. Carson, what do you want to say? Everybody panic. We're all <laughs> going to die. <laughs> Now you are the opposite of Dr. Agus, so please oh let's hear goodness. your let me hear your point of view. Make sure your will is in order. If you have a living trust, be assured you will not be living much longer. Now you're issuing this to almost everyone because uh, according to Dr. Agus, most people will just suffer some symptoms and then and some might not even and, suffer and any. Recover, yeah. That's right, yeah. This four horsemen of the apocalypse has arrived. It's a biblical day of reckoning. We're all so fucked. <laughs> now you sound close to death. Is it because do you have the coronavirus? Yes. <laughs> I'm skipping over Purell and using gasoline. All right, there you go. All right, thank gasoline you. Gasoline uh, works. I've huh? got a message for America. Okay. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Thank uh, you, Dr. Carson. By the putting us right back in the basement. <laughs> Fred just hung We're all depressed again. I know for sure, you're not supposed to touch your face. Or maybe it's touch your face more. One of no, those you sound two, for sure. Yes. By the way, I've never heard you this excited. You're shot out of a cannon today. I've tested positive for freaking the fuck out. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. Carson. But lest anyone think that's really him, it is not. Uh, I hope it isn't. No. I mean... Uh... Oh, Craig, Craig had a question. You see, you know, you could call this crazy, but... I, I should have asked Dr. Agus this. What I is I the asked question? Go ahead, Craig. What's your question for Dr. Agus, even though I don't... I'll, I'll answer it, and I'll pretend I'm Dr. Agus. <laughs> uh, as far as people, like, running around with their car windows open and, you know, going... I know he said it was gravity, but, you know, if somebody coughs at a red light right in front of you and you drive through right behind it, you know, or, you know, uh, windows open in your home. Yeah. Is it safe to keep the windows open in your home? That I, I got to figure, unless you're like living Who's in... Who's coming up to your window to cough? Yeah. I think the window in your home would be safe. But the, you know what? You bring up a point about the car. You're driving around well, with your you window open. Well, you have to talk about wind disbursement. If somebody's coughing in the car in front of you, as the car moves, there's wind, you know, there's 
a disbursement of the air around the car, which will also go around your car and probably miss you. Craig, you want to hear my advice? Yes, sir. I would. I wouldn't drive well, around with my. Bring I wouldn't out drive your around. Dead. Bring I would out your not. Dead. I would not drive around with your window open. Yeah, why are I you wouldn't. driving with a window okay. open? Close the window and and put on the air conditioning if you're hot. You're in Tennessee. I don't know what's doing there, but you know, I would keep it closed. I would if I was on the open highway and I wanted to crack the window a little. I would, but if no, I was in I a city at this time. Why would I? No, I'm not cracking any window. Fuck it. There's your answer. Thank the you. reason you're in your car right. is you want to be perfectly safe. Yeah, don't, right? Don't open the window. Fresh air well, now like is I highly said, overrated. Motorcycle. What, you know, what happens on well, them situations? You can't put listen, a window up. Craig, <laughs> you don't need to ride a motorcycle during this. Just get in your car. <laughs> Stop it. What's the matter with you? Now he's on Aren't they in a two helmet? Two seconds ago, he was in his car. Now he's on a motorcycle. But what's next? A bicycle? You can ride a bicycle. Just stay away from everybody. But aren't they in a... They could have a full-face helmet on with a motorcycle. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, I would still keep my distance. I would, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I would wear I would wear one of those things with a shield. In fact, I wear that yeah. in my house. One of those uh, motorcycle helmets. I literally <laughs> walk around in one. Craig, here's my advice. Don't drive your car. Don't get on your motorcycle. Lock yourself in your bathroom and wait for this to be over. Thank you. That's it. You know, they're actually advising that you limit your grocery store visits to every two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Stock up. All right. That's it. I uh, We spoke to Rosie. We spoke to Dr. Agus. We talked to about Tom Brady coming on. It was a pretty full show. want to thank Gardein. The plant-based meat revolution is here. Gardein looks, cooks, satisfies like real meat. My brother, get yourself some of that Gardein. Mmm, boy, that is good. Good eating. <laughs> See, I got some Gardein right here. I'm going to eat it right now. Mmm. <laughs> That was a meatless meatball I just ate. Mmm. Totally bat free. Mm-mm. Mm. 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 <laughs> nothing more nothing more disgusting than hearing somebody eat. I hate it. That's when you know a relationship's over. Like every when you couple... can hear somebody chewing and it drives <laughs> yeah. you nuts. Like the one a woman will go, you know, I gotta tell you, our marriage is really good, but this one thing that bugs me when he eats. my skin crawls and you go you should get a divorce don't even don't even don't even go to counseling just skip right to the divorce (laughs) there's nothing he can do about that no it's never gonna go away i think i got to everything i needed to get to today i mean i had a million things to talk about but we were very busy and that was a lot of fun and we'll see you tomorrow and what is my new sign off stay the fuck away from me right yeah did i did you listen to that song i sent you yeah that was good it was yeah. the song, Stay the Fuck Away From Me, that Robin It's Stay me. the Fuck at Home. Right. Yeah. Stay the Fuck at Home. There you go. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye.